0: Hello oh, and welcome to episode four hundred and eighteen of the Awesome Comics Podcast, the place with a small press makes one hell of a big noise. My name is Vince Hunt, and joining me, as always, is the creator of the comic series Vanguard, Dan Butcher. Hello. And the human angel cake that is Tony Esmond.
1: <laughs> Hello.
0: Do you like a bit of angel cake? I like angel cake.
1: What's angel cake? I'm angel to ke- think of that.
0: It's like a soft vanilla sponge.
1: That's fine. It's a bit boring, yeah. isn't it?
0: With, with cream. No, there's oh, something. cream and jam.
1: I'll do it with cream yeah, and well, jam. Well, it
0: doesn't have jam in it. Just try a bit, Tony. I'll tell you what. Jam? Next, Tony next time like...
1: I say, Jam. <laughs> jam.
2: I, uh, as a bit of a side, went to a uh, like a work picnic, and there was like half a dozen people just over uh, in Randbacker Suddock and some school kids started throwing <laughs> stones at it as far as eating like scones <laughs> and stuff. I was like, this is the quintessential sort of British
0: because no, no. <laughs> no, in america they no. call
1: jam jelly don't they they you, call it jelly in yeah, america hang on
0: they? hang on we just got to say for any of our international listeners that a normal british picnic doesn't it involve a stone in
1: no it? i would say inner city <laughs> inner <a> city picnic. <laughs> oh, i was in Addiscombe. Yeah. uh down the back of southwark oh yeah well that's the thing about it. in america they call it jelly can't they that's yeah, what they yeah. call jam yeah. but you, you can't jelly your cock down you know what i mean you know what i'm gonna say that yeah
0: Welcome to this very highbrow show, everyone, where we talk about comics, and uh, <laughs> for the next hour and a half or so, we're going to talk about some very interesting uh, topics in terms of working on some bigger projects. Mm. All, all you people yeah. out there, maybe want to work on some graphic Some novels. challenges. Yeah, some challenges, some ups, downs, the rewards. With our no buddy. More.
2: There's definitely one that the old, as an artist, I'd prefer to be paid by the page as opposed to one lump sum. To keep you, it's like a carrot on the end of a stick. If yeah. you yeah. give me all the carrots and like, oh, I've got the fucking carrots now, but when you're
1: constantly what, chasing no, it, why, I mean, what would you do? With long with Dan carrots, hoarding his anyway, carrots, he's just a yeah.
0: yeah, carrot hoarder, Dan butcher, um, <laughs> but, I smuggler, yeah. but we, we don't talk about smuggling carrots, but we do talk to um, our buddy Jason McNamara, yeah um, about uh, making graphic novels. It's and good chat. There's lots mm. of process talk, there's a bit at the start
1: we can't include. <laughs>
0: No, no, but um I might send the audio to the rest of the Jets, anyway just cause we, so we can relive the moment for ourselves. It was wonderful. But um before before that of course it wouldn't be a uh, show, an awesome
1: comics podcast show
0: without a terrible uh sponsorship ad.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, you got to do that with me. Yeah. Yeah. We're so bad we even got. I well, even we even
0: forgot we ever do it. Yeah, we have our sponsor, the lovely Comic House, the indie comic marketplace that loves indie comics as much as we do and as much as you do, you lovely people listening to us. If you go to comichouse.com, there's a huge selection of titles on the database. If you self-publish, you can list your book on there as well, and it's another avenue to get your work out into the world, as is the Comic House app. Yes, and digital comics, they're everywhere. Um, some Sometimes, unless you can't find them on... Comixology, Unless you're in a yeah. field having a picnic yeah. with and kids got, throwing and you, stones and you, and you got no seg- signal, um, <laughs> but although you can probably, I think you can download them on the app. Okay, so you can yeah, read, you can d- read them anywhere. Yeah, yeah. You can read them anywhere. Read them underwater. Account. Read them anywhere you like. Subs- subscription service? Can you? Read, uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, okay. It's basically like Netflix for comics uh, subscription was, service yeah. for only a couple of pounds a month. You get access to an enormous library of digital indie comics. There's a 14 day free trial and more whether you're going to read use your tablet underwater which I don't I'm not going to legally we we can't say that you should they're all waterproof you're fine no no I thought we'd done
1: submarine
2: jokes last week
0: no (laughs) stop dating this show with (laughs) with day to day (laughs) topics Dan how is how is this ever going to be an evergreen podcast if we can mention in the hellscape that is the world at large you (laughs) can (laughs) read you
1: can read it on your uh, tablet whilst marching on Russia I got a couple of
2: episodes downloaded to my phone to listen to from like years ago and they've just stayed in there. And there's times we've referenced stuff in the beginning, like, what the hell are they talking about? And I think that was one of them things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There you go, listeners. If this is your first episode, get be prepared for a whole lot of content If May you May listen to this in a couple of years
1: time have... probably Twitter's completely gone so don't worry about that. yeah
0: yeah yes. yeah all of no our loss, links at the end, all of the links at the end of this show will be irrelevant yeah. but what isn't irrelevant is comic house so to go to comichouse.com and find out more about that'll so. still be there yeah that will uh, fight fight. yeah fighting the good yeah. fight for comics which is what this show is all about so we've got some shares we've got some books you know old new. And more to talk about later. Oh, on we got show. challenged,
1: Tony. Yes, ah. we do. Oh. That was coming up. Oh.
0: Yeah, uh, and plenty more. But um, we but want, first. But first, let's uh, let's talk about making some graphic novels, shall we, gents? All right. Well, okay. I'll put I'll put the interview here then. Right. We've got a fun one for you this week. We're joined by a returning guest. We always like it when the guests It's been too separate. long. It's been too long. It always I don't know where the time's going. But uh, yeah. he's the writer of titles such as The Rattler, Nocturnal Commissions, Past Tense and Ghost Band, a lot of which are sort of hitting right now. Welcome back mm. to the show, our old friend, Jason McNamara.
3: Thank you, John, love, for having me back.
1: Good to have you back, man. Love yeah, we, you. Yeah. Your, we love your books. So, it yeah. was a must-read for us. Yeah, it's good. To well, I, love, him,
3: I, lo- I love your podcast. <laughs> oh, <time>. oh, yeah. <laughs> do. We do need to send him the PayPal.
0: Uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> but um... they say uh, some people say flattery will get you nowhere, but those dildos have never self-published a comic book.
1: <laughs> you say something
3: nice about me on this show, you've got a listener for life. <laughs> <laughs> well, and
0: we're huge fans of your books as well so I mean obviously last time you were on we we sort of discussed like nocturnal commissions and, yeah. and the Rattler um, yeah. but since then mm-hmm. I think was Ghost Band in the works I think, I think it, it must have been wasn't we, it yeah, we yeah, it started must... talking about, about it then
3: we, we did yeah Ghost Band has been in the works for some time yeah. Uh, but we kickstarted it with Vincent Gladnick the artist we kickstarted it in the fall of 2020 uh, and it was okay. a very successful Kickstarter we raised 11,000 and i did something i had never done before when i kickstarted ghost band i didn't have the entire book finished which is always what i tell everyone when they kickstart something get the whole thing finished first Uh nocturnal commissions you didn't have to wait it was done rather was done sucker all those volumes are done because you know in the creation of a comic book things go wrong people get tired um especially there is this focal point in the middle of a project which I equate to, especially for the artist, it's like crossing the ocean. And then when you're dead set in the middle, and it could be a four-page project, it could be a 100-page project, dead set in the middle, it's like crossing the ocean, and you're the furthest from one shore and the other, and you can't see either, and you sort of become adrift, Mm. which is sort of where we ran into trouble with Ghost Band because it wasn't done. I had this Catch-22 situation where Vincent couldn't work for back-end. They couldn't work... uh, you know for the money later i didn't have the money in the bank to pay them but they were so reliable um that i had had enough to pay them to do the first chapter and they did it in a few weeks and the best part was they yeah. didn't they didn't contact me with a bunch of questions they didn't hem and haw they like knocked it out of the park no questions asked it was the easiest artistic like relationship a good sound back then i'm guessing yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah yeah
3: it was like i went to like an artistic vending machine put my money in and got a book
1: I find that simple oh, yeah. Don't, yeah. No, don't, don't say that, no, yeah. not with
3: the way I, AI's going AI. like... <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, no um, so I thought if I was going to kickstart a project and not have all of the book done, but have the script done and have a, uh, the first chapter ready to go, GhostBand would be the one to do it in and if you're a project manager as I consider myself to be, or a producer mm. what you never want to do in a project is have a single point of failure And that is one thing that could go wrong and the whole project falls. Like it it, it cripples the project. And the mistake I made was uh, relying on an artist too much. Um, I had actually, so I got the money from the Kickstarter. And I have always had this idea, this fantasy of being really generous to my collaborators. Um, So I did something that unfortunately you should never do to anyone listening. This is the part you want to pause and write this down.
1: Yeah, this will fit in with it, because we're going we're gonna to talk about the sort of challenges of comics. So I'm guessing this is going to be one of them for you, yeah?
3: Don't pay your artist the entire book in advance. Oh. Okay, yeah. Uh, so when I got the Kickstarter, I thought, you know, the money would be better off with Vincent than me. Um, so I paid them for the remaining 72 pages in advance, and they knocked out Chapter 2, and they started working on Chapter 3, and the pages just stopped coming in. Okay. And uh, having the money tied up that way left me nowhere to go. Um, and I have a great relationship with Vincent Gladnick. We still, we just talked recently, exchanged, um, book reviews, and I want to clarify, I am the project manager. So if anything goes wrong, that's on me. It's my responsibility Mm. to create a framework for success. So the delays on GoSpan can and should be laid at my feet.
0: And we um, do. We did. do. I mean, straight up the front. I mean, we've gotten into it straight away, mm, and, we, yeah. and we very much appreciate your you being so forthcoming and open with this about yeah. us. because because making comics is it's hard work, isn't it? It is, it, but there's so much more to it. Like you say, when you're project managing something like that,
1: yeah, it's one of those things. If it can go wrong, it probably will. You <laughs> know, it's like that with comics sometimes, isn't it? You know, all, all the best intentions, but you know, sometimes they're out of our control
3: and and a like, creative relationships are like no different than any other relationship mm-hmm. in your life mm-hmm. right you never want someone to stay in a relationship out of obligation or you don't want anyone to be somewhere they don't want to be yeah, uh, yeah, no, yeah. Ma- no matter how lovely your basement dungeon is uh, if they want to go <laughs> you got to let them right you you uh, there's nothing to discuss you thank them for the time you had together and you wish them well in the future uh, which is what i did so about halfway through but the problem is we ran into an issue it's that it took um us a while to arrive at that decision. Okay. Okay. Um so ultimately Vincent's passions took them elsewhere. Uh, a ghost band wasn't it, which is fine. Uh and eventually the they actually returned the advance for the pages that they didn't um Oh, that's good. That's good. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, it was not um it wasn't like a cash to check and run type of thing. Yeah. They are a very honorable person. They're a great artist and I still I know I should know better in my heart, but I would still collaborate with them tomorrow if they okay. want to. Yeah, yeah I, we have a good relationship. I love the work they did in Ghost Band. I wish they had finished it because I think a, co- a completed book by one artist just feels tonally of a piece. Yeah. But I took, okay. um, so by the time they had arrived at that decision, we had lost quite a bit of runway. At that point, yeah. the book was already late. And i found myself in a very different position uh at the end of 2021 than i was in 2020 which is the cost of paper had shot up quite dramatically oh god yeah uh, oh, shipping my, in the us yes. yeah shipping in the us has gone like bananas yeah 30 percent. so i looked at my numbers from where i started you know my my, my budget where i thought things were going to cost and where we ended i also had to hire a bunch of my friends at a work for hire rate to finish the book because they're not it's not a creator creator own for them so now yeah, I'm this, is, this is interesting yeah yeah because so, uh,
1: for those just to interrupt here jason sorry mate but for those who please, don't know what we're talking about in relation to ghost fan please go back to last week and you can hear we give a big summary of um of what it's about and you know it's, it's a great book yeah. um but there is i think you've got is it the first two issues within a trade almost are vincent mm-hmm. and then you've got john Hebink, Rashan Eckerdale, Tony Talbot, Paige Braddock, Matt Harding, Pizza Kosh, and Nicole Segal—in yep. all in the back there, haven't you? With with mm-hmm. you know complementary styles in a way, but they are visibly different. You see know what
3: I mean? Yeah, there. I tried to do it scene by scene. I tried to give each of them. a I get scene. yeah. I so wondered about that totally, yeah. totally within a scene. I gave Nicole the relationship scenes. I gave yep. um, Justin Greenwood is a fantastic artist. He just did an issue of Batman. I gave oh, wow. him the more action scenes i gave him all the yosef scenes of the drummer and the drummer's backstory and then i brought him back for just a flashback to uh the, the black plague and i had him do that so it's only towards like the last scene of the book the the grand concert where i had multiple artists having to pitch in and i even had to take some pages out because tonally and continuity wise they didn't work uh, in, in that pdf i sent you there's a matt harding spread which he did a great job on but i had to pull it out because he was the only one who drew the correct instruments,
1: right? Okay. <laughs>
3: Sorry, pal, you go in the, you're going in the extra. Yeah. Uh, so all yeah. those, all of that is going to probably send me back about ten thousand dollars out of my own pocket. Ouch. All right. yeah, my pocket wasn't that deep to begin with. I'm no. I not uh, in a luxurious tax bracket. Most years, I'm not even in a tax bracket. <laughs> um so last week, when you said those kind words about Ghostband, it really uh, it was really nice to hear that because for me, it's been such a painful, grueling experience. You can't
1: see the wood for the trees, I'm guessing. Yeah, because yeah, you, you've had such grief with it, you can't see the quality of it. I'm guessing.
3: Well, I know, know people are waiting. there's th- there's three hundred and something backers that trusted me to do this and get this over the line. And bless them, not a single person has asked for a refund. Not a single person has that's complained, good. Nice. not yeah, one. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, how does that happen? Uh, if you see uh, Kickstarters go off the rails, I think Sullivan Sluggers is like the great text example. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, read the, you, think... you read the comments on there, and it's, yeah. it's but it's totally the
0: the communication as a backer of the Kickstarter. It's the communication you had though. It's it's the, the That's thing. yeah, the Never. professionalism, and you were upfront about everything going. And it is one of those. I think when a lot of a uh, lot of us who back Kickstarters, when we start to pull our hair out, it's like, where is it? Where is it? I haven't heard anything. That's where yeah. a lot of people fall down, isn't it? And it, it's. Projects are going get delayed. You know, sometimes they can be delayed, delayed far longer than you would have thought, or you run mm-hmm. into any kinds of issues. It pays to just be upfront with the people that are expecting the book, and just let them know it's on its way.
3: Yeah, and, you know. it's it's incrementally it's happening. I'm not disappearing yeah. with the money. Yeah. I'm not yeah. moving one town away and you know starting a new life as Mason Jack <laughs> Damara. <De> <Okay>. He <laughs> sounds like a PI. It's- yeah. <laughs> Oh, Mason, Jack, America. Um, I America. I take that responsibility really, really, really seriously. And mm. what I always tell people not to do, which is what I did, is now you're producing the book while also introducing it to an audience, which yeah. I, think is, I think you should separate those if you can. Because making the book, you don't want people looking over your shoulder because then it affects the book. You want to yeah. make the piece of art with the, the left side of your brain to introduce it with the right side of your brain. Go and down. then the introduction of the book almost becomes like a celebration of the book. Uh, I never, ever, ever want... If someone asks you, where is the book? You've lost them. It's heartbreaking. Because you put so much work into this, and you planned all this... You planned for everything you could. So if I could do anything differently... Sorry.
1: Yeah. Sorry, man. I was gonna say, I think because comics is almost an impulse buy, historically, isn't it? It's something you see on a shelf and you pick up and read. And we've got to move into that space now with, you know, expectations are everything. You know, we see it around movies and comics yeah. now and everything, don't we? You know, and so you've got to almost put aside your expectations when you wait for a book. I was gonna comment that though that Kickstarter seems to be people are sort of ravenously chasing people who have a book that's late. But on Indiegogo, I've backed a couple of books and um like movie books and stuff over there people don't seem to chase it half as much over there and i don't know why that is why the culture is slightly different over there
3: it um, is a different community it is an absolutely it's a very different community on IndieGoGo. yeah uh and i haven't quite gropped it um i will do campaigns on indiegogo after the kickstarter so i sort of yep. think of kickstarter as the dog indiegogo as the tail hmm. and maybe i'll get like 10 percent of what i did on kickstarter but GhostBand did not do well in Indiegogo. You can still order GhostBand through Indiegogo. It's the only place uh,
1: uh, okay. that it's going to
3: be available until I ship all the books. Until I ship the books, it's not going to be available at conventions or on my site or anywhere else. I have to take care of those original backers first. And then mm-hmm. once that, once I'm free of that, I can think about what's next.
1: And can we, can we also, it's worth pimping here again, Zoop. Who we were very impressed with I don't know if you heard that show Jason but zoops a really interesting way that they do it so that's they're almost um a suit they describe themselves as a pseudo publisher where they're a crowd funder but they're also they help with distribution and publication and production as well you yeah know? God, yeah yeah um but they're I, an I, interesting
3: yeah. bunch of guys mm. I don't know that I need help with that okay I, need, I know yeah. where I, I know exactly where I need help um I feel like I can produce and manage a team and produce professional looking work like past yeah. tens and nocturnal commissions and the rattler and and ghost band it's introducing it to an audience where i i think i stumble. okay uh, yeah to be frank
1: well if we go back to the, the actual book itself because i very much enjoyed it and i think mm. um i don't know if you've seen the movie the bed sitting room that i compare it to have you seen that i have not it's an incredibly um cliche british it's almost like a sitcom turned into a wacky movie where they've all done gear um but it's got that sort of quirk <laughs> yeah it's got that sort of quirk to it that you you have and that's what i liked so much about vincent's work in the first two issues is he 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 and you set out the post-apocalypse in a very different way and you both own it do you see what i mean yeah. um yeah. and i think possibly with the 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 what you see is, you know, is probably a challenge in getting those other artists on. Almost came at the right time because it comes when they move geographically into the city, doesn't it?
3: Right. It so, is, it, yeah. so there's
1: a visu- there's a visual change anyway, which I suppose is, is would was sort of slightly useful for you at the time.
3: Wasn't planned that way. It was a, yeah. a, a lucky a lucky accident. And the other thing about those artists is the book is about San Francisco, like the location that takes place in San Francisco, or the Bay Area. Yeah, Almost all, with the exception of one, all of those artists are from that area. So I thought, if I have to bring in ringers, if I have to bring in people, um, other people to finish it, there should be a meta reason why they're there. So I sort of turned it into a party for all the people that I used to know in San Francisco before we all got pushed out by technology.
1: Okay. That was quite a burgeoning burgeoning scene down there, I'm guessing. Yeah, it was great. And
3: when all those people left... um, I was really conflicted. Like, how do I feel about this? My city is changing. It's no longer to me a creative community. Uh, there's all these, these like 23 year old kids in cheap leather jackets talking about their 401k plans, all you know, these Twitter <laughs> employees. Um, and I thought, you know, every city I've moved to has told me the good times were just before I got there. Yeah. And I, I've come to think that cities or places are, there are time and place in our life and what they meant to us, but we all grow up and we all get replaced and we all Hmm. should move on. We don't stay anywhere too long. So what is the point of life really? (laughs) Uh, You have to keep moving on and that's okay. Like time moves on without us and that's all right. And the only thing that I can control is making comics. The only thing I can control and contribute is making art that goes out into the world and hopefully affects the world positively. That's all I can contribute. I don't have children. So this is, these are my kids. This is I I talk about in the book. I talk about the echo that we're all contributing to that will echo on past all of us that started with the Italian Renaissance. Oh. And yeah, so that's that was my takeaway. As a book got harder to make, I think the tone of the book shifted to what is this book about? Because the yeah. original script was written in 2016. Right. I mean, if you're looking for the best book of 2023 that talks about the technology of 2016... <laughs> <laughs> It it can't be that anymore. It has to be about relationships and creativity and making art when the whole world is telling you to fuck off.
1: Yeah. Mm.
3: <laughs> so that you loved it, I I, I maybe you didn't love it, but that you enjoyed it and and saw that there was a life to yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Because um,
3: obviously with Ghost Band,
0: it was it was such a, a long term project for you, and it was um you know very a, a labor of love, but love isn't always easy. <laughs> so it has, <laughs> has its ups and downs. Um, but also at the same time, I mean, one of the things we love about your work anyway is, is you ask some interesting questions or you, there's some interesting themes running through the book. So as well as Ghost Band, obviously you had Past Tense, which is, um, as we speak, this week I believe it's hitting comic book shops. Um, July 12th. It was July, July, all right, all July 12th. um and we were very fortunate to get a preview of it and absolutely loved it but that is a that's also it's an it's an OGN isn't it it's Mm uh was it always set as
3: it was always it was always an original graphic novel
1: okay because it's split up into kind of four sections isn't it I did wonder Yeah.
3: yeah yeah we we had the bandwidth for that we had the budget for it so I thought because if you're lucky enough to create that sort of tone and that um that dread in a comic book. I feel it's important to give you a a chance to put it down and breathe and be a regular human being for a moment. Yeah, Yeah. it is a very it's the dark. It's a very dark experience, but script wise and how I produced it, they're all. I mean, I hate to say this, but the the Rattler, Ghost Band, Past Tense, they're all ninety six page books that break down into four page chapters. And that's just the way I write. I feel it creates a, a pace that keeps things moving. Yeah. And it doesn't have you asking too many questions. Yeah. Because you're too busy keeping up with the script.
0: And yeah. also with that with that, I'm guessing, with because you've got that structure, you're building mm-hmm. to that crescendo, aren't you? Like a like an yes. issue should an individual issue should be. You build mm-hmm. to that crescendo so there's a cliffhanger to kit you know, the end of a chapter. I love it when I read prose books and the end of a chapter is like, Wow, that's awesome. Right, where's where's the next bit? I've got to keep going. Um do you find that, yes. that that's that's helpful in your writing to sort of keep that pace and like, so you have, do you pick out individual moments within those 24 pages to sort of rise to each time?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So the first, before I start scripting anything, I do what's called like a beat sheet and I make a list. So chapter by chapter, I'll like one through 24. And then you massage that and say, what's happening on every page? And you have to remember that, for the most part, people are interacting with a physical object. So if you have a big reveal, uh, you want to put that on an even numbered page because someone's going to like grab that page on the right, they're going to turn the page and they're going to get this wow image on the left. If you put that wow image on the right, your eye is going to see it before you should see it and it ruins the uh, the tension that you've created. Mm Um, But I am really didactic with the three act structure. So on page 24 is always going to be your main character making the decision that sets them on the arc for the second act. And the second act is always where you introduce new people, go new places. And then in the middle from act 2A to 2B is always the emotional low point of a character. Okay. So if you, yeah. you tore yeah. any of my books in half, you would be at the emotional low point of each character. Right. Right. Okay, interesting. I love it. I just love the three act structure, and I also love the brevity of it. Um, mm. You got it. Is that sort of someone
1: like? Have you read someone like McKee or someone like that?
3: Have you? Is that where that comes from? Or Robert McKee? I would yeah. recommend don't buy that book. Yeah, I agree, man. Yeah, I think yeah, it's he yeah, turns.
1: He t- there's a lot of good stuff in there, but he turns it into a maths equation. I think. Yeah, he turns
3: it. Yeah, he turns it into astrophysics with all those fucking graphs. It's pie charts and pie charts <laughs> and graphs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. don't need it if you can follow uh, Garfield. If you can follow Calvin and Hobbes, those
0: uh, okay. four squares yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: are Act yeah. One, 2 A, 2 B, and Act Three. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Beginning, yeah. middle, and end. Yeah, that's it. And, and you and, know, we know as storytellers and, and as an audience yeah. when we're getting that. It's when people deviate from that three X structure that it is a little bit harder to um, stay engaged, right? Like be a slow content. Yeah. yeah. Like lo- like Lynchian or like a, a malik. Like you're like, okay, this is some artistic douchebaggery, and either it's working or it's not, or it's just yeah. creating a mood, and you're going to go with that. Mm. Yeah, with that's comics, a good point, actually, man. Yeah, yeah, you have to keep people hooked and a reason not to put the book down.
1: Yeah, mm. I'd like to say one of the reasons I didn't put your book down is because you described uh, JFK's cock which I thought was a lovely move.
0: <laughs> That's right out yeah. the gate as well, isn't it? I
3: want people to, like, the story can be dark and it can go some places. So I want to tell you right at the top, page yeah. two, uh, this is what it is. But yeah, So they, there's still time to put it back on the yeah. shelf and run out of the story. <laughs> Man, but it's
1: a dark, there's dark stuff in that, but it's, it does the right thing in that it's also real, it's also funny and it's also entertaining. And it's, that's the thing with that book. It's a, yeah. It,
0: yeah, it's a thought-provoking sort of sci-fi premise that with some chilling for, moments. For mo- yeah. for most of the modern uh, if it, it, the shortcut would be like there's a black mirror uh, sensibility to it in the fact that it's there's a, science, yeah, get that. There's, yeah. a there's a fine science fiction conceit that as horrific as it is is quite believable. <laughs> <laughs> this sort of like voyeurism and stuff that it's
3: sort of based around. Did you, you want to it- give it,
1: Jason? What yeah. it's about? Because I would understand. it yeah, that, Did yeah. you want to?
3: Yeah. yeah. Uh, past tense. Uh, it's about a young lady named Ashley, and she works at a company called Past Tense. And this company they send invisible camera drones into the past, not to change history, but to view it as it actually occurred. Right. So you could see the Big yeah. Bang, you can see the Crucifixion, you can see who Jack the Ripper was. Um, but most people. Uh, that use this service, they want to see the most depraved things they can find (laughs) in history. Um, So then one of the big things that you can do in this, if you can find an exclusive, that is a a killing or we talk about an orgy that broke out at a French nunnery in the 1600s. Like if you can (laughs) find the thing that no one even knew existed, you can upsell that as an exclusive to your clients, right? It's almost like you're fishing through time. to find the thing that people will pay for. Uh, So she finds an unknown serial killer working in the past and she begins to upsell his crimes to her current clients. The problem is he's still alive in the present and he doesn't like his newfound infamy. He wants to make Ashley his final victim. (laughs) It's so good. Yeah, there's
1: a psychological edge uh, to it. uh, The the conceit
0: is, is both layered, complicated and beautifully simple. It's just because it yeah. it becomes that sort of the serial killer thriller, you know that, yeah. um, which just had me literally on the edge of my
1: seat and like.
0: It's- I like that it sets up a
1: really clever premise, and but it it gets further into it than that. So yes, some, we yes. saw these comics that like you know Jack the Ripper was a vampire, and then we just see him being fought for the next four issues. Yeah, but this mm-hmm. you complicate this fucking woman's life constantly, don't you? <laughs> you know, uh,
3: we we put her through the ringer. Yeah, yeah, makes yeah. yeah. And that's so all the, part of
1: the story. Do you know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, w- what I just told you is, what I just said, is really the first 24 pages. And yeah. then it really it keeps twisting and turning what's going on. And I also thought if we had, you know, in the past 10 years or so, this 23 Me, this these DNA tests where you can look at your own lineage uh, yeah. have become really popular. And I thought, well, what's better uh, than a DNA test is sending a camera back through your own family history. And see... no, imagine
1: them seeing what I do when I'm on my own. <laughs> oh, yeah. please,
3: please no. <laughs> I, mean, you could, I mean, depending on how old you are, you can see the the night you were conceived. Yeah, right. Like, how twisted do you want to get with this? La, 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 yeah. La, 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 la. <laughs> so there's an, ele- <laughs> so there's an element. There's of <laughs> disgraceful stuff. <laughs> and you still are. You're a sick yeah. man, Packard. <laughs> You're a sick man.
2: Uh... But um, also, I also,
3: the, also do a lot of. Uh, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts and very often they'll say, but we'll never know for sure. And I just yeah. think, bullshit. When am I going to know? <laughs> yeah. like, who was the Zodiac? Why yeah. don't I know this?
0: Yeah. So yeah. I would
3: love to just put a camera. It's often like if they had stepped three feet to the left, they would have been on camera and we would know who the Long Island serial killer
1: is. Yeah. But the, the great thing about that is the people, the first person you're exposed to as part of that business doesn't want to see the grassy knoll. He wants to see him bone in Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, which I think yeah. is classic human nature, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think with every technological advance, some guy somewhere is thinking, "That's great, but how do we use this to creep on women?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally.
0: Which, which immediately by doing that, you you've painted, you've painted a picture of the people that use the service, but you create an interesting sort of um, protagonist. Because they're certainly they're a flawed person. They're, you know, if you think about it, like them, like they're pimping out history, um, mm-hmm. w- which means you create someone who isn't whiter than white, but they're also not they're not a villain. And s- so it was like when it all goes wrong, I was still be you know I was still support. I wanted her to get out of this, which is quite interesting yeah. when you set up a character from it's it's a tight rope to walk, isn't it? To to create a morally grey character and still have the readers or viewers or whatever it is follow the people you know how did you handle that was she, was she ever nastier than we see or nicer than we see in the yeah. finished
3: book she was uh, the plot was exactly the same some of her dialogue we dialed back a little bit Okay, uh, my editor uh, Brett Israel he, he smartly said she's she, she's a little too much She's a little too extra in these scenes and the the problem was that i had written her saying things that i would say uh, and nobody <laughs> wants to spend 96 pages with just me or 96 minutes with just me what about mason jack oh, wait, namara what? he'd be <laughs> <Mason Jack laughs> namara. Oh. Yeah. you can't tell him what to do <laughs> uh, but uh, the way i thought of her was she's a survivor and you may not like the things that she's doing but if you were dropped in this world under her financial circumstances with her familiar circumstances you wouldn't like to do those things but you may have to do those things mm. um, there yeah. is no easy road in here there is no white knight there is no high road to take in this world it's about survival um, so yeah she's not a white hat but she is doing things that she's in an impossible situation and doing the best that she can
1: i mean she works for a pretty like immoral company really in you know, a no Don't spoilers yeah, yeah, it's too true. For <laughs> the uh, you're on this podcast, um, but yeah, so she can't be whiter than white, can she? That's the thing. She can't be that perfect person. You know, she's got her demons. Immediately, we see them, don't we?
3: Yeah, and she's surrounded by just disgusting men who want to see uh, the Black Dahlia get dr- her blood drained every day. Yeah. Or Sharon Tate is in the book, like. Um, just reading great line, I this, think it,
1: there's a great line where you say, "There's." 15 billion people on the planet, and half of them have felt me up on this tube train. Yeah. (laughs) It's a great line, man. Yeah.
3: She'll have to be a bit hardened to move through the world, but the same way that we may have, like, a work persona or, you know, this artifice that gets us through an experience, she's had to build up her armor always. And then even when she's by herself in her tiny little room sleeping, she wonders if she's even really alone or if someone in the future isn't watching her now.
1: God, yeah. It changes everything, doesn't it? The more you think of it, yeah.
3: That she's constantly, constantly um, just besieged by people's expectations and just the vileness of this world and the invasiveness of this world. Um, So yeah, she's not like she's not super likable, but she's a survivor, and I think you can appreciate that.
1: Would Um, would that make us all better people if we thought if we knew there was a really good chance we were being watched at all times? Crazy, isn't it?
3: I would pick my nose less in the car. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm
2: sure you would end up just forgetting eventually and just doing something that people are like getting would, used to. Yeah. You'd used if to you that. have
3: no privacy. And I just think with, with technology, our privacy is eroding so rapidly, mm. right? Like if you mention something in a room and then go on your phone, you're getting 20 ads for that yeah. thing. It's common so in it? it. Definitely. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah.
2: that so be, if- be more mundane if everyone could see everything you did at all times. Watching we would someone, all be exposed. Yeah. Yes, watching someone taking a crap would presumably lose his interest after a yeah. certain time. Never, why, never why, lose why, interest.
0: Why, why? Why is that the one you bring up, Dan? Why is, it, yeah, why is that the well, one you want to watch? I tried, watch, Dan, I tried, tried to, I, I tried to
2: bring it down a little bit of all the things yeah, I could have mentioned. I'd be like, wait, Dan doesn't do
3: front to back. What a yeah. savage! <laughs> what <the hell? laughs> Didn't wash your hands on March 5th. Uh, yeah. Why uh, does Dan squat on the disgusting. toilet like he's a little elf? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to go back in time to know there's a lot of filthy pigs out <laughs> there in the world. Don't, <laughs>
1: don't piss in the basin.
2: <laughs> you need a bit more fibre in your diet. Why do you say that? <laughs>
0: no reason. Oh, God. No. Why would
2: you relive those moments? Um,
1: I would choose one of you. If there was. you said you can choose one person, it would be one of you. Why? Ten, Why? Why? You know. Why? I don't know. Why? I just like it. And then I could, <laughs> oh, I could that, sort of say that's s- the creepiest thing he ever <laughs> said. <says. laughs> and then I could say sly things about you, couldn't I? You know, oh, too many McVitties this yeah. week. What's going on with you, Sunny Jim? Yeah,
0: you didn't touch your broccoli <laughs> at the weekend. What? <laughs>
1: yeah, fancy my Tank. Would you say nothing? <laughs> Just put one out, haven't you?
0: <laughs> but I mean, you are mm-hmm. speaking about um, your editor there, and this is obviously yeah. also. A bigger book. Is an, is an OGN, and obviously you've got collaborators as well. So, what was the, and this is published through Dark Horse. Tell us, little, like, how that came to be, and like hmm. the actual sort of creative collaboration of that.
3: Well, you, this this show particularly is about graphic novels, and I think I've only. I've written a few one shots like nocturnal commissions and shorthand, but in general I buy graphic novels. So I write for what I want to find on the shelves. I generally just write graphic novels because I want to, if I can pull you, if I'm lucky enough to pull you into a world, I want to hold you there until I've told the entire story. Mm. Um, I teach comic book script writing and many of my kids, they want to do these long sweeping epics as their first book because they grew up reading those, they grew up reading manga or saga. Um, those long form narratives don't really appeal to me as much. Uh, like, as you said, I want to explore an idea, get in and get out. Shows it's like- the
1: comic book equivalent of a movie, isn't it? It's like I, see, I often see some comic books as a soap, some comic books as an action series, some comic books, mm-hmm. but a graphic novel is a movie to me. Do you know what I mean? That's how I see yeah, it Yeah, a Yeah.
3: Yeah. Like, like a 98 page movie. Yeah, it's a paper yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. And I also, I just, they're exhausting to make making Past Tense mm. and, and Ghost Fan back-to-back is, right. is just exhausting. Uh, but to answer your question, how did, how did it come to be? Um, Justin Greenwood actually had done some projects at Dark Horse, and Brett was his editor. And unsolicited, he just he said, you know, I think you two would get along great. And he just introduced us. And, um, you know, to your audience, I would recommend this. If you ever have the opportunity to meet an editor... Or you have an introduction to an editor, or a gatekeeper, or a producer, or whoever is between you and the job that you want. Yeah. You never pitch them one project because you never know when you're going to be in that space again, or that door is going to open again. So you pitch them three projects. So okay. I said, "Here, uh, here's a couple of things I'm working on, or a couple of ideas I'm exploring, and one of them was um, past tense." And he said, "Well, that's interesting. Do you have an outline for that?" And of course I do. I have outlines for everything. So once that door opened um they were supportive of the project right away we didn't have an artist right away um and immediately they were like yeah we want to do this and let's find you an artist so oh, I that's good worked- so they found you the yeah, artist yeah, for yeah. that yeah yeah, yeah. well so I, had, that- I had i had worked with alberto before on a, a book called the cicada so I, I put some artists in front of him and i said hey these are some people that i know and i think would be a good fit and could work with the budget and um alberto was the top of the list nice he, 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 suits
1: just- it, he? yeah
3: He's a great guy, and we, we had worked on another project, and it had a lot of issues that were beyond him and I. And I kept thinking, if I ever had the opportunity, I would reunite with Alberto and the colorist Paul Little uh, on a, another project. So I was grateful that Dark Horse was going to foot the bill for that, for our reunion. And the more you work with people, the more you can read each other and understand. You give each other more room. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I certainly um, didn't... Over overwrite things for Alberto. I tried to give him room where I could uh, to shine. And in fact, towards the end of the book, at the end of the second act, there's a, uh, a probably like a four-page action sequence that I wrote just for him. There's there's a very minimal dialogue. And I just let him uh, really take the visuals the visuals on that. And we got the best pages out of the book from that sequence.
1: Well, it's great working with someone you've worked with before because you don't have to like laboriously describe everything you know you know what they'll get you know what they won't get you know stuff yeah. like that yeah you well, know what their strengths are
3: yeah. I, I, and I know he'll he'll deliver yeah, yeah. he's great he's yeah. great to work with he's very talented um, and he's just like a, a kind good person that I love interacting with yeah do you
1: think that's a universe you'll explore a bit more
3: if it sells if Dark Horse wants to do more I did pitch it that right. way I said almost like a criminal like every volume could be about something completely different yeah, I think in this story we wrap up Ashley's story pretty yeah. succinctly. Yeah, there's really nowhere to go with that story. But in this world, I would love the technology. To those yeah, stories. yeah. You, you could you could take this concept and give it to each of us, and we would each write a completely different story. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. 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 I mean,
0: uh, one thing's going back to Alberto like, and you give him the freedom. Uh, there's there's a cinematic pacing to it. So when it ramps up, he totally goes widescreen with a lot of it you know the, the the action you know there's big panels there's i mean towards the end um the epilogue without any spoilers there's some beautiful shots of landscapes and things going on and f- for my money the last panel of the book is one of my going to be one of my favorite panels oh, nice. of the year because of what was- the what the art and the writing does i was like oh yeah, yeah. oh it made me f- it it makes it does a trick on the reader. I don't want to spoil it. I don't yeah. want to spoil it because yeah, you have yeah. to sort oh, of experience now. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's that, oh, right, okay. I may be more in this book than I thought I was, which is a, yeah, a very clever with you. trick. That, yeah, it yeah. <laughs>
1: Those three panels and the big one at
3: the bottom fuck with you, don't they? Yeah, yeah. they drag you in and then they get you. I was worried. Yeah. I, I worried about that a lot um, because you never want to uh, make people feel like they have done something wrong by supporting your work or going along with the ride. But
0: I, I definitely, um, it was I, it com- a fine line. It completely line. nails it. It completely, okay. uh, for, for me, I think. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's good, just, man. We, yeah. we
1: can't spoil it. We can't spoil that, guys. No. <laughs> you're going to ne- have to read
0: a- the whole, you're going to have to buy it, read the whole thing, and experience the last page. That's the only thing you're going to have to
1: do. I'm definitely double <laughs> dipping on this, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely
3: having it. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So, so soft cover, or hardback, or?
3: It's a soft cover. Um, cool. I've got some copies here. My my comp copies came. They look gorgeous. Real. Um, and uh, it doesn't have review quotes on the back from you guys, but I do have uh, parallel for that. I do have an awesome comics podcast story. To oh, share. awesome! Oh, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. involves you gents. This oh, is a triple X version. I oh, oh. <laughs>
0: hope no one's watching this in the part in in the future. This moment.
3: <laughs> so, uh, I had um, a friend of a friend uh, works at a marketing agency downtown here in Portland and they have some interns. They have, you know, uh, young interns come through high school kids to so get real, real job experience. And they reached out to me and said, Hey, two of our interns, these two teenage girls, they are working on a comic book universe. And because we know you do comic books and you teach comic books, would you mind coming in on a Saturday and uh, you know, just talking about your experiences and walking them through the comic book world. And I say, of cool. course, I- I'm happy to volunteer my time. To hmm. any uh, young people that love comics and want to make comics, I think okay. comics are for everyone. Yeah. The more we expand yep. the audience, the better. Our rising tide lifts all the ships. Mm-hmm. And when I was starting out, there weren't a lot of resources on how to make comics, so I had to figure it out on my own. So if I could help people avoid the mistakes that I made, happy to do that. And at some point, um, they mentioned that these girls are part of a Catholic school program. There's like a Catholic program, gets them
1: from the schools
3: to... Uh, you know, to, to these jobs to get them experience. So anytime I'm going to give a talk, I, I'm all ready to go. And I'm like, oh, I should grab some books for them because you should always, you know, give people books that come and listen to you speak. Also, as proof of concept that I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So I get there and, uh, you know, the girls, their their mothers are with them. Their mothers are going to uh, be part of it. They're going to see what's going on.
0: I have a feeling I know no. this is going. Uh,
3: and go I, of course, you know, you don't, <laughs> I get it, of course. And I'm happy to have the parents there and talk talk storytelling with them. So uh but we get started and I okay, here's a few of my books. So I hand them all a copy of Nocturnal Commissions. And you know, the mother is like, Are you is this appropriate for uh, you know, a 15-year-old girl from Catholic school? And I was like, Oh absolutely. <laughs> uh, and I'm about to start and uh she puts the book down, pushes it towards me, and taps her finger uh on a quote on the back. And I said, oh, well, what, what what's the quote on the back? Oh, it's right there. The Awesome Comics Podcast says, fucking hell. <laughs> that was Vince. Oh, Vince God, that. it was Vince me. Vince ruined those kids'
1: lives. <laughs> Vince, you ruined two Catholic uh. girls' lives.
3: <laughs> so uh, I went forward with the, uh, with the with the presentation, but the room was a little chillier than what oh, we God, yes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> so thanks a lot, Vince. That's going on our pool list. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Nice.
0: But, uh, Ruined uh, the Catholic you,
1: Church, the awesome comic book you got to be up.
0: careful what you say, because it might get printed,
3: people.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's the, you know, well, there's also probably an ill-timed blowjob joke towards the end. Maybe it wasn't.
1: <laughs> <It's> never ill-timed. <laughs> oh, God. We
0: took your camera off. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing um, one thing you said um, that I thought was quite interesting you, you talked about outlines when you um, sort of pitch to publishers and stuff yeah. what does an outline of yours look like without giving away any um, behind the, you oh. know, the inner circle but you know for people what does that mean for potential writers out there
3: so before a project before you start scripting especially if you're dealing with another entity besides yourself if you're making comics yourself and they're getting done carry on um, but if you're going to, if someone's going to invest money in what you're doing, they want to know that you understand your project has a beginning, middle, and end uh, before they get involved. Mm. So an outline is early in the process. Usually, pitching, I equate it to a knock on the door. When someone knocks on your door, and you open it up a little bit. You give them the pitch, the three sentence pitch, the elevator pitch. It's called an elevator pitch because you should be able to get through it between one floor and the next. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so if you are in the elevator with Spielberg, you know, yeah. you don't tell them how great E.T. was. Like you pitch him three things before he gets on. Mm. Um, and you give them options. And many times writers were so attached to one idea um, that you just want to get that one thing made. But within us is a multitude of stories, right? We're not one story. We are writers. We have many, many stories. So you give them the three-sentence pitch. And that three-sentence pitch is also the first sentence is the first act. The second sentence is the second act. And the third sentence is the third act in the form of a question as if like, what if Sheriff Brody can't kill the shark? What happens? Um, beginning And you never tell the ending to your editor or gatekeeper because once they know the ending, there's no reason to keep listening. Okay. So once you do that and they want to hear more, an outline is your whole story just in prose form. And I would say 500 to 800 words. Okay. And you don't yeah. have to have every single thing figured out, but you have the idea. beginning some of the escalating conflicts and how it ends and my outline for past tense it shifted between what I had pitched and was approved and what I scripted in the end I would say it's 75 80% there yeah some things in the act of writing a script you will discover things about your story that weren't there you'll discover things about your character about Ashley that I didn't know about uh, in, in the beginning Mm. things change yeah. and they should because you hear about like generals talk about conditions on the ground were not what we expected that's true yeah. like, the act of making something changes it you don't know uh, You don't add- know
1: what one panel to the next is going to be when you're writing an outline do you that's the thing yeah, no. you don't know how it's going to move yeah.
3: you just, yeah, it's, good it's good. the story at a really high level and can someone follow that and they should not be entertaining that's another thing outlines are deadly dull because they're meant for an audience of one person the editor that's it
1: yeah I always compare it to that movie, The Player. Have you ever seen that, where they go to pitch oh, yeah. the movie and say it's raining, there's umbrellas? They do all that, don't <laughs> they? I love that scene. Yeah, just to hook them yeah. in.
3: Yeah, it's um, it's its own art, and you 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 have to hook the same way you hook an audience. You want to hook the editor right away.
1: Mm. Yeah. Cool. So are you, are you doing like more? Have... Are
3: you doing more with Dark Horse? So they,
1: are you kind of in with them now? They like what you do?
3: It was a positive relationship, but you know. Um, I, I, there's nothing next with Horse. I, I, I want to see how this book does. I'm sure they want to see how mm. this book does. Yeah. yeah. And no matter how nice you are or how talented you are, you've got to move units for people to bring you back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's just the business it's a of it. Business, it's right? not, yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. I'm a nice guy. Who gives a shit? Like, you have to sell books. <laughs> I, I, I give a shit. I yeah. give a shit. Yeah. I give <laughs> um, but obviously
0: these all all systems go on obviously getting the word out about ghost band and past tense currently because like you got two albums hitting the world in this in the same year sort of thing um same summer yeah yeah, yeah it's
3: not, it was not the plan no. so it, okay. ghost band was written years ago and that is coming out at the same time as past tense so now it's, now it's really double
0: released. double the work in terms of like getting the word out there double the marketing etc you know double the danger um so <laughs> Double the danger. Double the danger. <laughs> Dan <laughs> lives in like 90s movie cliché. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but of course, you've always got lots of ideas on the go, and mm-hmm. uh, you you've dealt with crime. There's sci-fi. Mm-hmm. There's supernatural. Without saying too much about what what's coming next, you know, what are you playing with any different genres, or are you um yes. are you going back to crime?
3: <laughs> I think
1: in my personal life, I am one of those. We 100%. all need to. We all need to. I need the buzz.
3: <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of a lot of artists to pay. Um, I do need a break from horror. I, I love the horror genre and the crime genre, but I think horror works best when you have something to say. Right yeah. when you have something to say about the world, the the DNA of horror. You can you know um, with horror and comedy, you can feel the the artist's voice in there and i'm a bit burnt out on working on dark dark material past tense i lettered it i rewrote every page as i was lettering it i spent a long time with silas green the serial killer i spent a long time in his head and so no i'm gonna take a break from horror i actually wrote with i have a friend Adrienne ambrose she's a novelist and she's done some comics and we have written some young adult stuff that's a lot lighter and fun we wrote a a long graphic novel about a 10-year-old girl that moves to a new town and joins the worst softball team in the league and uh, no one gets eviscerated in that book no oh, it's still time the book could <laughs> change from the yeah. the outline <laughs> <laughs> uh, no it's written and we're looking for a publisher for that so awesome. i want to do something a little bit lighter and a little mm. bit easier mm. And and I, and I don't want to go back to Kickstarter right away because mm. I feel like I need to let that audience cool down. I need to yeah. fulfill the book, let them know, um, you know, they got what they paid for before I do it again. Yeah, because yeah. if I do it again, it has yeah. to be bulletproof. We cannot have this problem. Yeah,
1: have you got an agent there. for that one, dude, or are you just doing it yourself? Or
3: I've never had an agent.
1: No, I don't blame you. I think they're useless. Yeah, I know a lot <laughs> of companies will A lot of companies won't even deal with agents. They'd rather just deal with yeah. the creatives. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
3: no, I'm on my own. A few weeks ago, you gentlemen talked about different labels for creators, and some people are uh, small press and this mm. and that. And I yeah. thought, uh, once you said that, it crystallized to me that I'm just independent.
1: Cool. Yeah. That.
3: I'm not waiting around for people to give me permission or to have the opportunity. I'm going to make opportunities for myself. Yeah. Yeah. And if other yeah. publisher agents want to come along, that's great. Uh, but if not, I'm still going to be doing what I'm doing.
1: That's seemingly the move these days, though, man. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't want to be tied down to, you know, a bigger company. Uh, they just want to jump about and do stuff that they need they need and want to do, I suppose, you know. I, and it's not, being to down tied down to your... a big company is not where the big money is often these days, mm-hmm. are they? You know? Sorry, mate.
3: They can tie me up silly. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as they pay you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my, my wife my, and her family, they've been very supportive of me doing this. Um, but I have to find a way to expand this if I'm going to continue doing it.
0: Yeah. Mm, yeah.
3: So if there's an opportunity, I don't turn down opportunities. Period. Um, you know, I've had people say that I'm so brave for not working for Marvel or DC. They've never asked. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> come, on, actually, come on, come on, was... <laughs> right, just, right?
0: Just give us what character would you do? You think? Oh, I'd
3: love to write a story for uh, Morbius. I love Morbius, ah. the Marvel villain Morbius. Um, Werewolf by Night. I love all the darker creatures. Nice. Um, Morgus has a...
1: had some fucking crazy comics. He's, he was like the space vampire
3: for a while. Yeah. He oh, was just amazing. When I was a child, he was absolutely fucking terrifying. Yeah. There's an the issue of Peter Parker, uh, Spider-Man, where he like swoops out of the sky and follows these three kids on their 10 speeds and like attacks the woman. And oh, I just yeah. remember being like one. shook
1: with yeah. the famous cover. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So that's a character I would love to get into. I also love um, some of the lower tier Spider-Man characters like Ben Riley. I think you right. do a lot with him. Yeah. I wouldn't want to write Spider-Man, but give me a character that's off center, that mm. has less expectations that you could take anywhere in the world to do something different with yeah,
1: yeah. Well, the it universe is certainly growing you've got like is it the golden glider and stuff like that at the moment the golden glider yeah that yeah, sounds yeah. like a coke dealer right Norman Osborn <laughs> <the> cocaine dealer <laughs> get really okay. high on the golden glider the golden glider arrives at club 54 in New York yeah it's <laughs> yeah. like that sort of in there yeah, yeah. <laughs> pockets full of chisel yeah, yeah as far as DC
3: like DC still has those great Ditko characters like the creeper yeah man love Christian. the creeper the creeper yeah. is terrifying again yeah. like you can take that character in any number of directions, but but also yeah.
0: you like you picked a couple of sort of real mind bending sort of characters. Do those sort of characters sort of appeal to you? The ones that can get a little bit trippy and mess with your brain a little bit.
3: Absolutely, I think like the square jawed heroes, like Captain America, stuff like that. I think having lived in the world long enough, I I don't have that optimism. I can't write that <laughs> character with conviction. I I love to read it. That's awesome. But I don't yeah. want to create it yeah. because I don't believe in square... I, I, I don't have a square-jawed hero inside of me. Mm. Yeah. Um, I would rather explore other ideas that I feel in my life could say something about the world that we live yeah. in. And I right? think
0: sometimes when those square-jawed characters get... Sometimes they get um, written by very cynical people and it, mm-hmm. it does a disservice to the character itself. I agree. Itself. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm
3: that's not the character that's, that's the author speaking through it yeah so yeah. i think if you're going to make work if you especially in the indie level but any any time you're making a comic book you should have a really good reason for doing it you should have something to say about the world that we live in and you can't just make comic books because you hate trees <laughs> right? like there has to be like something that you're exploring within yourself and the world and you're asking a question about the audience mm-hmm. and you're picking them up you're taking them on an adventure usually through i like to tell stories in genre yeah and then you're placing them back down and hopefully they had a good time, but even better if they have something to think about uh, that they get to take with them. but if it's just Captain America hitting people in the face with a shield, like I, I'm not the guy to tell a story I wouldn't do it I wouldn't do a service
1: yeah, I do like the fact that werewolf by night is called Jack Russell. That's that his that name. makes me well, fucking mental. Is that just the in, in, in
3: my in my pitch in my imagination? He would go by Jackson. He would go to Burning Man, take a bunch of mushrooms, and try and reinvent himself as Jackson Russell, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wear
1: a medallion. Yeah.
3: yeah, fucking Burning but, yeah. Man.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good shout. Actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So remember, we... a Cat. <laughs> when 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 Jason's writing all of these uh, amazing books in the future, just remember where you heard it first. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... down to us. Obviously, like I say, there are there are people, and they're especially like young writers and creators, they want to write their opus, or they want to write this. Uh, you know, even if they want to say they want to do exactly what you've done and say, "I've got a ninety-eight page graphic novel idea." What advice apart outside of the Kickstarter and the funding, because that's a completely different situation to itself, isn't it? But creatively, what advice would you have to someone who at the moment? has, an, has the, the inkling of that graphic novel, they want to make that graphic novel, what would you say to them?
3: I would say, don't try and reinvent the wheel. Tell a simple story in your own voice. And what I mean is, ideas, we could all have an idea and explore an idea. Mm-hmm. I think ideas are easy. Ideas, you could steal my ideas all day long. Because the value that I bring to a project or that any writer really brings to a project is their voice. And that is the sum total of their experiences, their values, how they see the world, who they are, um, affects how you tell your story. So initially I think the hardest thing for new writers to find is their voice because we've all grown up reading stuff that we love. Uh, so maybe our first projects, especially my own projects, they were emulating writers that were not my voice, but writers that I love. Um, like Albert Camus the stranger or, uh, um, ah, I
1: love his stuff. Man. We we're talking about yeah. it me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Mm. Or, or those Richard Stark Parker books. are great. Oh, yeah. Um, or like red harvest, something that Chandler, but I, I, I can't write that, but I love reading that stuff or anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, the man, Hemingway's- read,
1: read, and experience life. They're the two things that Hemingway yeah. would say. You know, Hemingway says you, you know, to write about fighting a bully, you got to fight one. I don't think he he may have made it literally because he was a crazy person, wasn't he? But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think no, I, I think you need to leak your life needs to leak into your book somehow, it? You know,
3: absolutely. Yeah, I think I think the best thing you can do is get punched in the face, get drunk, and fall in love and have your heart broken.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah,
3: in, in some various order. So I would tell a story, a simple story, but tell it in your own voice. Uh, and don't worry about um, reinventing the wheel or oh, it's already been done. It hasn't been done by you. Okay. Um, and the other thing I would say is to, do a do a twenty four pager, do a pilot episode, and you will learn a lot about making comics and collaborating with someone. If you do a small, self contained pilot episode, and if you love it, you can keep going. If not, okay. you have a twenty four pager that you can put in front of people um, and say, "Hey, I know what I'm doing." I was talking to a, um, a young writer here in town and he was frustrated. He's like, no one knows that I'm a good writer. I was like, because you're doing these big epics, like give someone a 24 pager and easily digestible snapshot of your talent and doors yeah. will open. But if your book is part one of a 24 you know, issue maxi series, like my eyes roll over, I don't have that kind of time. Mm-hmm. I also think if you're yeah. in the indie world, you're doing one issue a year, you're going to be 64 by the time you're done.
1: We, me and Dan recently have, uh, I've been trying to get, we, I've sort of convinced Dan to read some Amos because I'm a massive Martin Amos fan and um he's a guy who wrote money you know he wrote london fields and all these sort of books that were massive long complicated you know well incredibly well written books but these guys also wrote essays for newspapers and magazines and Mm. you know probably stuff like that and just doing stuff every day like that writing you know a short film review or a comic review or you know just a diary note or something like that helps so much if you can get it out there for other people to read i think sometimes
3: yeah because we have this vision of the story in our head but the act of writing is translating that to the page, and how yeah. you do that is going to be affected by how much you read and the art you're exposed to. And if you want to write comic yeah. books, you can't just solely read comic 100%. books. Hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Great man. Yeah. Although you do need to as well. I'd like to point that out. You know, there's all these. Uh, there's a lot of filmmakers who sometimes oh, yeah. decide they can. You know, I think it's a bit of that as well. Yeah. Guys. But you're right. I think I hate, I hate that shit.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, know, oh, man, do you have yeah. a failed screenplay? You got a failed screenplay, and you want to turn it into yeah, a yeah, comic, comic book?
2: yeah i do see those posts a lot I know, oh, like i've got a screenplay and i need someone to change it into a comic book so man that's a massive undertaking yeah. depending on what what it is you're asking but god and they're,
3: they're not the same thing even though no. i write in 3x structure i'm not writing for the movies i'm writing for yeah. the page mm. the page yeah. is my canvas and i want someone to interact with this book and and have that experience i get that email like once a month like hey i've written a screenplay <laughs> yeah are you open I'm like i'm not i would rather work on my own stuff yeah than yeah are you um in. are you
1: a big rewriter do you how often do you go yes. back into it you are yeah yeah
3: what do you apply I, I yourself do, to everything
1: or just dialogue or what sort of things
3: i will so i figure out a lot of the story in the beat sheet like what's happening on page 76 77 and i move that around yeah but i rewrite dialogue once i get the art from the di the art from the artist i almost always write like at least 50 percent of the dialogue on the page because right. i'm lettering it too so then i'm like you know what maybe this is too too many words for the page or yeah. where is the eye going to go in this panel I want the eye to cross the face across the oh, artwork so. if
0: you're a writer and you letter as well and this is yeah. my experience as well it's such a valuable thing um, because you, you can edit and you can tweak mm-hmm. and sometimes like you may, you may get a bit of It's like oh I put too many, they haven't I put too many words in my script and the art yes. is covering it. And it forces you to think and probably chop away stuff that you didn't need in that dialogue.
1: Yeah. Agreement. And and also another big thing is if you get in the art back and you've got a line of dialogue, the facial acting on the art sometimes doesn't imply what you're saying. So yeah. you need to think about changing it. And oh, no, I think I don't yeah. think mine is saying it, but Dave Ingley was chat we were chatting about overlapping word balloons on the slack the other day and someone said yeah but the girl's face doesn't say what she's saying and we all thought oh right i didn't know i think simon put it out and we said that's a really good point yeah and it wasn't it was because it was a continuation of her emotion from the previous panel i'm guessing but it wasn't quite right for what she was saying in that panel so that's important as well as and i think that's how dialogue should and can change i think in Mm -hmm. a comic you know and the the
3: opposite is true too sometimes the face and that tells you so much or the body the body grammar tells you so much yeah. you don't need any dialogue Just rip it out yeah so if you've much, got a character
2: looking disgusting saying oh that's disgusting but like the image is so good that it doesn't need that line just sh- yeah. yeah strip it out you don't need it yeah,
0: yeah sometimes yeah. I, it, I i find even more show now, don't tell yeah i do it really sticks out to me when a comic character is saying something that has already been expressed it because yes. it, it just looks <laughs> yeah. like that yeah. was needless
1: well that's yeah. the example you gave a few weeks ago V, yeah. of someone saying i've been shot yeah. or something and then they've just been shot well, why yeah they... i can see that yeah. yeah it's like you it's know? like
0: opening a door and, and saying as you do it i've just opened a door
1: you're
0: yeah. like why <laughs> my pointless? favorite
1: one is i'll show myself out just fucking <laughs> leave man just leave the house <laughs> who says that who fucking said it you
3: know? okay. so uh in friday the 13th part four <laughs> final chapter uh, there's a guy getting stabbed to death by Jason Borges. He went there looking for his sister, and he's literally, he's, his dialogue is, he's killing me! He's, he's killing, killing me! That. He's <laughs> killing me! <laughs> you don't fucking say. I don't know how I would have put that together if you hadn't <laughs> called it out. I'll make
2: one last one. There's the, in Blackadder goes forth. There's a one where they're crawling over no man's land, and they get under fire from German machine gun, and Hugh Laurie's said, they're firing, sir, they're firing! And Blackadder Yeah, <laughs> "Yeah, yes, look, let me know. When, let me know when they hit me, won't you, George? <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: dear. Yes. So, Good stuff, man. yeah. So just, just be aware, people, of like you know, you got to be prepared to kill your darlings, even in your own yeah. work, when it comes to editing and stuff. You know.
1: Yeah. If you see a line, and you think I can't possibly take it out because I've written that it's cool as shit. Then you got to fucking look at yourself for a bit there, have not you? Yeah. You know, if it ain't working, it ain't working.
3: <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Like, you have this visual idea before you start writing the script. Uh, The very thing that put you on the path to making the script is the thing that you have to take out. It's now the thing that doesn't fit at all. Yeah. Um, Mm. I wrote a book called Continuity probably 16 years ago, and I had this great visual sequence that I had created, and then I wrote a story around it. And then when I got further in the editing process, I was like, that thing doesn't fit anymore. The thing that started this whole thing now doesn't belong here at all. Mm -hmm and the story was better for it so yeah you have to let go of some stuff you can't be too attached to it yeah
0: yeah and yeah. if you've got if you've got great lines of, i mean we've all sometimes just thought that'd be great for someone to say that if it doesn't work keep it in the notebook use it for another story you you, yeah. you know you, yeah. it's just more
3: ammunition you've got yeah you know. or you'll write another one mm-hmm. you wrote one yeah. snappy line you're gonna write more yeah. you're all right. yeah yeah the yeah. best yeah. advice i ever got was keep writing yeah yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely.
0: So um, before we let you go, what you, um obviously you're obviously a big comics fan. You're a big comics uh, mm-hmm. writer. Is there anything you're sort of checking out or reading at the moment that you think more people I've should been know catching about? Up,
3: um, I've been catching up with Tilly Walden. I think she's pretty well known. I don't think anyone yeah. needs to catch up yeah. on her. Uh, first, first interview seen... that
1: was ever done on Tilly was by us. I'd like to point it out. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we did, it, it was, um, it was
0: she... five minutes where he made a Blaze of Glory reference.
1: Yeah, I asked her if she'd seen Blades of and was um, she match- Maxim man of the year? Yeah, that was good.
3: <laughs> and also, uh, you know, also in the same genre, of course, yeah, I've been catching, uh rereading Torpedo um, by oh. Jordi Brené. Which...
1: Very much the same area. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
3: less tits uh, yeah. in Tilly's
1: work, I'm going to say, but uh, yeah. slightly yeah.
3: less uh, assaults going on <laughs> in uh, Tilly Watson.
1: That's a beautiful comic there, man. That. Jordy, yeah. Amazing. Yes,
3: yeah, it's just... They don't make them like that anymore. And Man, I just love Jordi bernay You know what I would love is a career. did some of, of them Jordy. as well,
1: didn't he? Didn't he would or someone or Wally Wood or someone? The very happen.
3: first, the very first one was Toth.
1: Tough. The very yeah. first
3: yeah. uh short was Toth, and then he was like, Yeah, this is a career killer. I'm out of here. <laughs> 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 but I would love my dream collection is um those Jordi bernay Jonah Hex issues. Oh yeah. I think I have them all digitally, but I would just love a Great big chunky stinky volume of all those uh Jimmy Palmiotti yeah the Dre Brene Hex issues. Oh,
1: they were so well written, man. Justin Gray and Jimmy Palmiotti knew how to put a story together. So good. You must
0: you must have a Western idea in your head somewhere, Jason.
3: I love Western so much. Uh they don't sell in
1: the States, but they sell in fucking France. That's it now. Do they? You you wander through France, every second book's a bloody Western. then <laughs> genuinely i went through yeah. on Glam last year they have so i love Austin. what what was the so many. one? what was the uh the start what's the uh, um oh um desert star yeah desert star yeah Do that's want- a fucking incredible book that is yeah. so fucking good yeah by marini yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah but I would the, the trick is that what is what can you do new in a Western what could I bring to it that says something about the world that we live in now yeah. I yeah. love um once upon a time in the West oh Leone yeah oh, the yeah. Kob-
1: yeah I love the spaghetti Western genre man there's some fucking mental stuff in that Jesus mm-hmm. yeah
0: what we need there's a movie just come that. out
1: there's a movie just come out in Kabuki which is I think Tarantino directed yeah. it or produced it it's on Sky Movies for anyone in England it's amazing it's just an incredible movie mm. yeah
2: didn't he do one recently, Django on Django? And they, he, he that's comes the up one. In that.
1: Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's a really good movie. Yeah. Because he says Leone is the best Italian director and second by a long way, by quite a distance, is Kobuchi, you know. So, yeah. But some amazing... And the blood... you never seen brighter blood than in a spaghetti <laughs> yeah, western. I yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: I think uh, the story is to, to tell a story, but then make it into the western. Yeah, right? I think you're I mean... right,
1: man. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah.
2: So... A serial killer but in a western yeah. I don't know. Like all right, all right. I'm
3: listening. If, if I'm
0: doubt yeah. I'm j- listening. J- just put zombies in it. Zombies are always zombies and hookers.
1: Cowboys and aliens.
3: Zombies. Okay. Uh, what about <laughs> that's- the, What
1: about cocaine dealer the golden glider turns up the golden Western. glider he's on his way to my house
3: right now <laughs> <laughs> it is in the golden glider ready to shoot it and boot it <laughs> oh, i mean you know when you see something like that like it's hard for me not to be like okay they want to sell different toys <laughs> they've sold enough green goblin yeah. toys now they're going to sell golden glider toys yeah it's yeah right. it's like, right. yeah. Um, yeah
0: how can we sell them? we've got loads of these in the warehouse that aren't painted yet how can we sell these just just paint a different colour and we'll. Very in- <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, I they're ringing done. Todd right now, <laughs> the, are not they? The, yeah, yeah, the He-Man wasn't it? The the evil He-Man, which he was just blue with like orange fake hair. Or. Yeah, that was fake or my friend. Yeah, fake cool. that's. What it. about
1: uh, what about Fisto in the West? Yeah, uh, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Fisto of dollars. See
3: that <laughs> <laughs> Fisto right. to the wrist. Yeah, it's hard to but, get those sound effects in comics, you know. The uh, yeah. no, no, uh, no. to fist them
2: all, He Man. He Man, there's something different about you today. Maybe it's the, uh, the blue skin and the orange hair. And
3: the slightness.
0: <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, this has been, as always, an yeah, absolute Joy. joy. Jason. Gold. So, yeah. um, obviously, where can people go to find out more about your work and follow you and get these um books that we've been talking about?
3: Well, uh, Past Tense comes out July 12th from Dark Horse Comics, at wherever you buy comics. But uh, of course, I would always love it if you could tell your local retailer you're interested in a copy. Mm. Why? Even because they will order one for the shelf as well as you. Yeah. Uh, if they know that someone is interested in it or that the book even exists, uh, they'll order more than just one.
1: Yeah, uh, and previews, then, previews is a hard slog sometimes to find yeah, everything for yeah. a shelf. It's shop, a isn't it? 700
3: yeah. page phone book. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm not a household name at ghost band you can support the Indie there's an indiegogo for ghost band where you can get a copy of the a pdf of the graphic novel mm-hmm. as soon as you order it i send them out immediately nice physical copies will be out probably uh in october november
1: cool good uh, word, man. And,
3: and then after that i'll be doing a whole bunch of lift driving you guys know what that is no we oh do. we do know yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like uber yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. i'm uh, to pay for all this i am portland's worst lift driver <laughs>
1: <laughs> the words reviews are i'm worse. Yeah. I need to listen
3: to uh any your soundtracks or Bernard <laughs> yeah. Herrmann. Yeah. Most John most of the reviews just say
1: fucking hell. You. You're not uh you're not a Baltimore or SPX, are you by any chance?
3: No, no, no. No, okay.
1: So. No, no worries. No. just checking.
3: Yeah. He'll be a VIP um very no. same. I, I don't get tables at conventions. I get turned down. Oh
1: man. I, can't buy, <laughs> I can't, they
3: won't let me buy we do too. a table. Yeah, I can't we do buy too. one. You yeah. what? I don't yeah. Care. what? You yeah, being sure. serious. I'm being absolutely serious. I was just turned down for uh, New York City Comic Con. Fuck them. I get turned down for cons all the time. <laughs>
1: this is I'm, this is the first year I haven't bought a ticket for um New York Comic Con cuz I was fairly disappointed last year. Yeah, um, sometimes
3: I get waitlisted but um it's a battle to get in there. Mm. Right, mate. You know, it's exactly. all who, it's really, you can self-publish. Here's the thing about self-publishing that is so infuriating. You can have a book through um, a publisher, like a, you know, a, a well-known publisher. And then you can kickstart a book and make a bunch of money and pay your rent. But that is not considered successful, right? Yeah, it, it's like, it. who have you been associated with? So the more credits that you have with publishers that they recognize, and even if all those projects lost you money, you're considered a success. They're more likely to give you a tip uh, yeah. if you've been feeding yourself and paying your rent by doing books through Kickstarter. Um, they don't care.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. That seems yeah. to really
2: ass about face way doing things.
1: Yeah, you could have got fifty quid for writing. A, I don't know. A yeah, new so news what is issue or something? But yeah.
3: But the yeah. metric of success to them is not financial success. The metric of success is who did you who is verified that you're worth following right yeah there is that but yeah. having that dark horse it does mean something to me to have the dark horse label on the book it means i was good enough to have a dark horse label. yeah mm-hmm. yeah i agree i, know. And I, agree know. I think they're that.
1: one of the few companies these days that you go yeah i get it i yeah. dig that that's yeah. a good that's a good uh see good for your cv man you know in dark or something yeah
3: yeah and, and uh, maybe five or six years, I'll trick some other publisher into working. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> it's not going to take that long, trust us. No. Well. Uh, yeah. Where can
0: people f- uh, follow you, though, if they want to check out more
3: stuff? Uh, list. I, I have a website, uh, politestrangers.com. That's my company where I publish self-publish my own work. I'm also on Twitter at, at Jason McNamara. I'm still on that hellscape. And I am <laughs> on Instagram at ramonesome.com. or am Ramonesome because I'm a big Ramones fan. The man ice. Because nice. this is more. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow. uh, You guys are great. You guys do great work. Uh, you always fun, have a you positive know. conversation. You're always uplifting people. You're never like you're never shitting on anybody. You guys just always put positivity into the world. <laughs> I wouldn't say uh, that. You, you want to yeah. make comics accessible. Uh, you celebrate the wins. And you omit everything else. And I think that is really the way that we make this community healthy. Um, this is focus on the positive, modeling great behavior, and you guys are just a delight. I love listening to you in the car. Uh, oh, thank you, on. man. From oh, uh, thanks, man. Yeah, just really, kind
1: of, yeah. really, really,
3: really great show. And well, whenever cool you got those... anything, man,
1: give it a shout. Yeah, we're yeah, happy, we're happy your to get your stuff. You yeah, are yeah, far yeah. too kind.
3: Totally. I
0: never know quite what to say when anywhere. No, I know. Right. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. But oh, be sure to send us your uh,
3: where to send you the money, and uh, we'll be in um, and if you guys want to send me a review quote for Ghostbent, it's not too late for me to throw something in. Oh, All right, there. yeah, stick something in. There. I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll grab something, something out
1: of the last episode, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something that terrified those Catholic schoolgirls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, It'll be the this, first this, time. This book gives you hep C.
1: <laughs> you will get pregnant if you hold this. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, it's always a good time when we talk about making oh, uh, comics. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's always so, good to speak to him. Uh, we hope you have learned more. And seriously, folks, do check out the books. Um, <laughs> I mean, forget about my terrible uh, quote or testimonial on the back of a book that offends the <laughs> Catholic Church. You ruined some Catholic
1: Church. <laughs> you ruined girls from Catholic Church.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Couldn't believe that. I feel infamous. Was that
1: movie Catholic School Girls in Trouble? That's uh, the movie that you, uh, you wrote.
0: Oh, God. So um, we hope you've uh, learned something from that and take it forward because you're probably going to learn, nothing, at, you're going to learn nothing in the next 10 minutes or, or the rest of the show, apart from some great books to check out. But before yeah. then, do we have any shout-outs, gents?
1: I do. I've got a few. I've so got, The yeah. Hard Switch by Owen D. Pomeroy. I think we've interviewed him at a convention. I certainly bumped into him when I've been with you guys. He's now on Kickstarter. He's fucking absolutely smashed Oh, i that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's being funded by Avery Hill, uh, and it looks cracking. Um, I I will buy anything that um, Owen does, and this, there's some real lovely detail in the work in this. You know, he's got a background. I'm going to say an architecture
2: or I something think so, similar.
1: Yeah. yeah, and it shows. It's just just a beautifully. That designed very much work. shows him.
2: Was it Victory Point? That's that one, right. Yeah, was it, was it Victory Point? Yeah, that one. Yeah, that goes good. back back where she grew up, and sort all the white architecture, houses right? yeah. and on the city. Amazing, yeah, beautiful. amazing book. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Dan pointed me a book earlier uh, I think a couple of weeks ago now called Warline which is currently funding on Kickstarter and the art looks incredible, like a, it's a dystopian martial arts epic about an old warrior returning to the city he once fought to protect um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I'm, I'm actually yeah.
0: just about to look at the uh, online. Yeah. carry on <laughs> just... I tweeted
2: yeah. this and said this looks fucking great and then Alfie Gallagher friend of the show said, Dan this looks like it's com- made entirely for you <laughs> <laughs>
1: It looks amazing. There's a twelve-page uh, Dropbox, a twelve-page preview of it on, on a Dropbox link on the um, campaign, which I think is an interesting ah, approach to that's take. Great idea! Yeah. And um, I backed it, and then I realised it was there, so I downloaded it and read it, and sent it to you guys. But yeah, I pledged definitely. I'll um, for me, there's the first few years of my working life as a young man in London was spent in the Elephant and Castle on the Woolworth Road. And in, in that area, um, if you've ever worked in that area, Charlie Chaplin is an absolute legend. And there's a, even a pub named after him, which I had my leaving due for the, the job I had there, actually. Uh, the Charlie Chaplin and the Elephant and Castle. My neighbours used to run the Charlie Chaplin pub, if you can believe it. So when I saw there was a book named after him, I thought, brilliant, I'm going to buy this. So it's, um, it's called oh, what was it, From Walworth to Wartime. Um, it's currently on Indiegogo, which I know we've just talked about. It's got yep. a realistic Alex Ross-style art to it. looks pretty amazing. Um, go over it, have a look at it, and back it on Indiegogo. I think it's already smashed its total sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, there's a bit of London history for you, and it's beautifully drawn, like incredibly beautifully drawn. So go and have a look at that one. Amazing. They're my nice. Yeah.
0: Nice. Dan?
2: I've got <clears throat> a couple of Kickstarters uh, from Sarah Webb, Navy of Hearts, Issue 1 and Comic-Con. Bring my finished comic, native hearts to a comic con, a steampunk comic where the gods start up trouble. Humanity is screwed.
1: And so it's great. Yeah, yeah I love It's really, Tagged really beautiful ready to go.
2: Yeah, uh, we've got boxes six days to go. Yeah. I uh, need a bit of help on this boxes. Comic magazine issue one, a brand new comic magazine, showcasing new short works from a range of exciting and interesting indie comic creators. Yeah. We want to get behind this book because there's a lot of kind of creators doing different types of, uh, comic styles. It looks fantastic. I'm really kind of puzzled yeah. why it hasn't smashed.
1: And third target. bear press are, are yeah. fighting the good fight for um, importing US. Um, and the one one of the comics I'm going to talk about today is from Third Bear. Okay. So they're, so they're a company that definitely need us getting behind them.
2: Definitely go check that. Yeah. out. I'm going to give another shout out to uh, a listener, Stroke uh, fan, Craig Shields, who oh, yeah. set up uh, our ACP. This is really convinced. cool, isn't it? Yeah. It's sterling work. So if you go to ACP. At hyphen Recommends. Vercel. dot App. You can get a whole list of thumbnails uh, about the books we've recommended on each show. You click the thumbnail and you go to to read about it or where you can buy it. Yeah, it's a really handy resource. Yeah, they to click s- on it
1: and takes you to the store to buy a copy yeah. or to read a copy for online or it is. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant, man. And Craig, he's not, he's not. I don't really know him very well. He's just a listener, and he's a. I think he's on the Slack, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. Um. But yeah, what a nice dude. How cool is that? Yeah, yeah. and that's long a been a frustration on the Slack and amongst people who listen, isn't it? it went, oh, I didn't write it down. What was the book? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. people listening yeah. in the car and stuff, don't they? Yeah. You know. So yeah. Thank you, know? Uh, thank
0: you, thank you so much <clears throat> for that, Craig. It's really cool.
1: There's one. Uh, obviously, I, I use
2: Procreate, and there's a guy I found, a guy or guy, I am not sure, uh, at Devin Ellie Kurtz, and they've done uh, a series of brushes on uh, Procreate downloaded the grasses and field brush and I've just downloaded the city one it's really good if you're kind of like working either of those two and you want to quickly bang down some cities or fields in procreate the Mm. brushes they set up is great and you can pay like five dollars and get the whole brush set of each or more, if you want. So mm, I'll cool. stick that in the show notes and yeah. <clears throat> on the Slack. Cause that's really good. Tools like that um, are
0: really handy, like the <clears throat> half-tone patterns and yeah. like ink brushes and stuff. Completely changes like the way you work. Like when I was started doing things on the iPad, just purely getting used to working with that kind of flow of a screen rather than paper changed yeah. my style in a bit. And I realised I was I was using more of a brush. I, I'm more comfortable using a brush and a quick and a right. looser style rather than when I'm working with paper. I'm very, it's pushing the pen hard down on the paper. It's very exact exacting lines. Does that make sense? It's Uh, totally. Yeah.
2: I can't, when I draw, uh, like I'm doing some pencil stuff at the moment on the iPad in procreate, it's a completely different sensation to working with a pencil on a piece of paper. And I prefer working with a piece of pencil on a piece of paper. There's something about it that the iPad can't replicate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's complete, it's completely different. Uh, yeah, if you did either one, you you would have no resemblance to the other for me. But yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Each yeah, yeah. Uh, And finally, we last week we had uh, Christopher on from Global Comics. Yeah, and uh, he was able to speak to us about some stuff, and we managed to get uh, developer access on the app that they've got coming up. Very man. It's fucking hey, great. It's really good.
1: Really. We've good. been all we've been doing is sending each other messages saying "fuck me," this is a good app. It's week and week. Yeah. And
2: so, there's a guided view feature on it, which I've only just found out now, uh, this today. And you can, when you upload your comic onto it, you can uh, use a tool to, to to work out the guided feature on your book so you can f- readers can flip through the individual panels, which is just an absolute fucking godsend. It's slightly different from the way Comixology does it. I've not read a whole book using the feature. Uh, essentially, what it does it? It blows up a single panel, and you can see uh, some of the rest of the page, but the rest of the page has been darkened and mm. desaturated, so you don't lose it in context to where you are on the page. Whereas sometimes when using Comicsology, you're just pressing the button, and you're like, I've no fucking clue where I am at, I'm at mm. on this page now. Uh, so that's a, a different different way of doing it. Doing it, but a big story dropped during the week with uh, Global Comics about how they have got massive amounts of investment coming in uh, i stuff, think man. it might be worth checking out the platform and considering putting your book on there definitely I know you're there's a lot, yeah.
0: lots yeah, of yeah. our listeners and some creators we've mentioned on here have already um added their work there or they are yeah. starting to and i know um i
1: think it was mark was saying on the slack he said he added his book fairly early on and um they're great for like promoting it and stuff mm. they all come out and they, they do these regular we've had a couple already haven't we sort of mm. mailers saying you know this is worth checking out this is worth checking out and they're you know they're pushing these books trying to get behind the comic industry and I think it's all for the good thing actually. I think you know. I
2: mean, there's a couple of books where I was like that God slap, and I was like, mm, "Not sure about this book." And it lets you read like half yeah. dozen pages on it, and then you think, "Well, actually, yeah, this ain't too bad." Or, mm, "No, it's not my cup of tea." But then you get that choice of you can buy it or get the sub, and then you're you're in there all year. So,
1: yeah. Do you remember how you used to be able to do that in Comixology before they fucked it up? You'd be able yeah. to read the first few pages. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. So this looks like kind of
2: they've taken what comicsology was starting to become on doing and just improved on it and just looks like it's moving forward so mm. i'm yeah. very excited about seeing where this platform goes. it's a good place to
1: get on these uh get on early yeah. i think yeah yes. to see what's going on yeah, yeah. speaking, speaking of getting leadership.
0: on time to get on and recommend some comics for you people to get on and read mm. so uh tony you got a couple do we really want to go first yeah i
1: think we we'll, should we start with the challenge tony one mm. okay uh, so this oh, yeah. is my f- first book out of the aforementioned third Bear press
2: so I've got tough. the page and you've got the panel. Okay, So you Perfect do the page,
1: Dan. You do the yeah. panel, Vince. Okay. So mm-hmm. One Tough Elbow issue 2, created by Mark Bell. This is um, possibly completely indescribable um, how it looks, but I'm going to give it a go. Mark's a Canadian cartoonist um, of such bizarre and addictive visuals. I put him somewhere between that Cuphead animation. Do you remember that? Totally do. To yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe Jim Woodring, somewhere in that yeah. same... Yep. shelf in a, in a library and um, on by Andy Barron who we're, we're fans with Yeah, um, he's a Canadian cartoonist he's been um, busy for many years I think he's a guy in his 50s um, in comics and in multimedia art um, it's a bit strange, it's a bit mad actually, which I think kind of fits mm. the, this is issue 2 but the first issue came out in 2004 from Fantagraphics and there's even a little comic he's done about well, this is 17 years later. I'm, I'm in issue two as well, but I wonder if I'll be in issue three. You know, it's a bit like that. He sort of plays on it a bit, really. Um, you can also find Mark's comics in um, Canadian magazines. Uh, he's also in He was in Vice, and he's been in LA Weekly, and he's also in Sammy Harkham's Kramer's Urgot. Um What is it about? <laughs> not, uh, not a fucking clue. And it's not important <laughs> in any way that you need to know what this is about um it's so off the wall it's so crazy creatures people shapes and had it inhabit a mostly black and white urban landscape although there are some color pages interiors and outsides um some are partially colored there's almost like a sort of weird glued on zip blue zipper tone effect in one panel um so what we're going to do um because it is so difficult to describe and I've only had three beers. We're going, I'm going to ask uh, Dan to pick a page. So, Daniel, pick a page, number? 40. Four, don't know, go Go. go 120. Go, go 120. <laughs> One, 120. I think 20. You can do 20. 2020. 2020, okay,
0: right. Hang, okay. hang on, how many pages is it in this book?
1: Uh, it's. I don't know, but it's It's not... I think 40 might be a letters page. Or That's all. That's oh, what okay. i yeah, yeah. yeah, um, Half 40 is 20, so yeah. Okay, these are five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Got it. Okay. Okay. Vince, there are... I can't believe we already made that hard work. (laughs) I know, yeah. There's Uh, six panels on this page. There's
0: six panels. Oh, good, because I was about to say probably more and then completely ruin that. Um, uh, Panel three. Three,
1: okay. This is a picture of a bipedal character um, walking along a pavement. His head is a series, his eight dots no sorry 10 dots on a blue background his body he looks like he's a tubular creature with brown shoes a black body and bluish hands no real face he's thinking so it's not him speaking he's thinking well that was kind of a drag that bottle shaped boy appears to have some real anger issues and there's a title across the page that says the 10 eyed one visits an art gallery so i'm guessing that's him on the floor are various bottle tops an old bit of bread and the bottom of some platform shoes of someone who you can't see because he disappears out of the top of the panel. There's holes in the walls of the houses that he's walking along, and the the land the pavement is very dirty. I don't know what it's that pretty is. Pretty standard stuff, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seems, seems I don't cool. understand what's happening. But the thing is, I don't think you really need to understand what's happening. I, I'd actually fucking doubt that Mark knows what's happening in this comic, but it's it's absolutely fucking wonderful, and. It, I, I know this shouldn't be a gauge, but I have a little list of books that are, yeah. I do like my enjoyment. I write book, every, th- every comic I read, I write them down, and it's got a 10 out of 10. So it's, it joins hey, the, it's the, I think it's 18 books this year that I've hit that have, have done a 10 out of 10 so far. Um, I think I got on that, didn't I, T? Not being... Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Nepotism, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just... There's a whole page called The Tinkle Test, Starling starring paul and chairman uh oh bumpy when will you ever learn ha! and then there's about uh, we need to do go a pp for a poo poo there's a page saying that it's just fucking okay now boys we have to collect some wee wee from your pps you cc it's just fucking bizarre what? Yeah. i know <laughs> that's, how I it's, talk. Uh... that's how i talk
0: to people yeah <laughs> yeah
1: it's sort of magazine sized. i showed you some of the some of the pages in the cover when we started it's yeah. uh it's exactly what
0: i love that what...
1: colour oh so good it's yeah. exactly what you want out of a company like Fanta Graphics and stuff hmm. like that um go and go and look mark up this you'll just be in love with it already It's it's also the sort of page that you imagine the oa for is just dripping in ink and different shapes and creatures and you know i should I t- totally should have saved it for our 420 episode put it that way yeah uh... There you go. But there you go, that's my first one. Uh, yeah.
0: Nice. Speaking of which, the 420 episode, which may be a little In the planning? Maybe uh yes, we've we've lent into the cliche, that's all we're going to say. <laughs> um Okay, um Dan, do you want to go next?
2: My comic is one that I backed on Kickstarter called Lady Mayhem. And I read the blurb out. <clears throat> Lady Mayhem is a bombastic, over-the-top thrill ride for the reader that demands more gonzo-ridiculous action in their comics. This is a no hold bards love letter to vhs revenge Thrillers in the 80s big gun Bravo over the 90s comics, and that hyperactive buzz you used to get while playing SNES and having super-caffeinated sodas all night long as a kid. This is the comic you'd have to hide from your parents. Uh, if we're being honest, this whole thing came about because Jenna, the writer, wanted to make a Lady Punisher comic, and Carl shamelessly wishes that the Lynn Michaels era Lasted longer than four or five issues. Do you know Lynn Michaels? No, no. She was briefly in the Punisher as the Lady Punisher. Oh, oh okay. That yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Yeah, she had she yeah. had
0: like um, light brown hair and a ponytail.
2: In the uh, Greg Rucker one. That's Greg, Greg Rucker,
0: yeah. That was really she,
2: good. I think she becomes the the Punisher for for a little yeah, while. Yeah, I, I had a
1: great conversation with Greg Rucker about casting for that in a TV series, and he was super nice to me. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That was great. That was, so, she was
0: a really good character as well.
1: Yeah, she was. That was a great run. Ruckers Punisher. Fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah. You're going to like this comic then. It's <laughs> absolutely... <laughs> Jen,
2: Jen, Jenna Linwright does uh, great on this one. It's kind of a, a revenge story where uh, a young girl sees her father murdered by the uh, criminal organisation that he works for and trains herself to be an absolute badass and sets about Given this crime empire kind of like the, a hard time, uh, it's so I think it's set slightly like a, a cyber, cyberpunk dystopian future, but okay. the the attitude very much throughout it is very punk, uh, yeah, it's very scratchy, some parts clean. Uh, it's, it's a joy, I really enjoyed it. It's such a fun book, like the kind of little intro there suggests, uh, kinetic action explosions swearing violence uh but the, the characters you have to give a shit about it's it's a decent read i'm trying to, to describe the the color scheme and a lot of it like there might only be two or three colors on a page so like there's a gun sequence here where it's a double page spread and it's just uh spot blacks orange yellows and reds and then okay. a couple of sec- ex- sections on where there's another sequence uh Change the location, it shifts into greens, yellows, and blues. So it's really evocative of like where she's in the scenes in the night, and then it goes into like these fiery gun battles. The the color palette changes, uh, respectively. And considering the art's all done by one guy, uh, I've got to take my hat off to him. I'm uh, gonna we'll
1: have to go check this out more great. of this. stuff great. I just
0: looked at the, yeah, oh, that's the good. Pages. Chat man,
2: yeah. So, uh, really cool.
1: And it does, did, did we inf- get, did you say we got this through as a review copy as well?
2: I'm not sure if we did or not. No, we haven't, not sure we we haven't
1: received this. We it? haven't had that. Okay, no.
2: right, okay. But I found this a really fun read. It's absolutely great, fun fun character. Uh, yeah, and she kind of knows the stuff of the martial arts, which is always going to get a massive yeah. tick from me. And yeah, if,
0: yeah, if you can do a martial arts and Punisher-style story that can please Dan Butcher, you have ticked an awful lot of yeah. boxes.
1: It's got to be good. You're doing good. good.
0: yeah. yeah. Wow, that, doing that good. awesome That's, right. yeah I, I so go check this out
2: i don't know where you can get it apart from if you go search up uh lady mayhem and kickstart How many pages is it, Dan? sorry i didn't i don't know if uh it's like... i've just shut that down but it's a big old chunk let me just
0: is it like ogn blank yeah
2: or... it's it's a one and done kind of deal uh oh, i'm nice. just looking at the page kent now go away acrobat nice, nice. Uh, it is ninety-four pages. Oh wow! Okay, that's a good nice. read. Yeah, nice.
1: yeah. Like oh, A couple brilliant. of um, BD albums, kind of thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, when you're uh, reading through, like, and I've got it on drive or whatever, and I'm thinking, "Oh, this is good." How much you got left? And then I'd like, see the little grey bar at the right. It's like, oh, that many. I've way through this. There's still quite yeah. a lot to go.
0: I t- I t- I, what this also speaks to as well, and I, I you know, I just looked up the, the Kickstarter page, and it says from the creators of Cult of Icarus. Um, purely from the, the glowing review that, that Dan obviously get, the recommendation that he's just given me, it's immediately made me think, I wonder what that book's like as well. Yes. Do you know what I mean, that's yeah, the yeah. value of, you know, if if you do have a book that you're proud of and you want, you know, that people have said good things about, sometimes it pays to mention that as well. Hmm. You know. Um, that's it's awesome. weird.
2: You can see the black and white line work on the Kickstarter. Yeah. and, and they, It's completely different when they, they they've applied the colour scheme. Is that, the co- is that the
0: cover that they got there, that Lady Mayhem? Because that's fucking yes. awesome. Yes. Um, anyway, <laughs> good. Amazing, amazing. I uh, my one. I went to the shelves. Um, I'm doing a bit of a thing at the moment. Um, obviously, thank you for all the lovely reviews and, and stuff. But I, I, we're we're working through those the review copies, and we're working. You got like a stuff. reading project on the go. I've got mm-hmm. a little bit of a reading project. Obviously, Strontium Dog. That's an ongoing. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So
1: I've done my challenge actually, so I'm looking forward to talking. Oh about nice. That. nice. nice. I've, yeah. I've got to the prison bit in
2: Walking Dead. I know exactly what you mean now. No, uh, okay, no,
1: yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but they're... we've all got them, people. We've all got those wonderful books yeah. that are on our shelves, and we are the, the omnibuses, the the collections, um, and. I've found over the years I've been become more obsessed with like oh I want the book that I think I could kill someone with because it's that big um yeah. just to have on my shelf shelf I, porn I I get yep the shelf porn you you get it you put it on your shelf you think that's glorious I can't wait to read that and time passes <laughs> I think the thing is, we are talking about
1: this earlier, weren't they? If you've yeah. got a big hardback, it's fucking lovely tab, man. And I just love having that yes. shelf full of hardbacks. But like we are saying, you need one of those books like a vicar has in a church I, I with the Bible. Not, yeah. I do
0: not know if you gents will hear this on your audio. But this is the... <laughs> I'm going to tell you what the book is in a minute. But this is the sound of it. Um, which was very heavy. Uh, Didn't hear that, V. Yeah, well, the listeners did, and uh, Joe's probably thought that I'd just fallen off my chair. What the hell was that? Because this (laughs) is... He's got his knob out again.
1: (laughs) 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 If you heard the
0: sound, Tony, you'll realise why that's hilarious. Um, This is a Having a glass with a spoon. This is a huge (laughs) omnibus of sort of an old classic, an old indie classic uh, from Dark Horse. Uh, Rick Remender, Tony Moore, J- J- Jerome Opinia. Have I said that? I think I murdered that. Uh, this is Fear Agent. This is the first big omnibus volume. I just dropped it again a little bit there. I'm dropping it flat, people. I'm not be- I'm not busting up the corners. I'm not a savage. Um, but this is the big oversized uh, volume one which contains the, um, the stories Reignition, My War and The Last Goodbye. What is Fear Agent for some people that, that may not know, and maybe may a bunch of people that don't know, um, and there's a lot of people probably listening now that is one of their favourite books. But obviously, some time has passed since this series sort of came out. I can't remember when the last time this series had, came out actually. But um, when down and out alien exterminator Heath Houston stumbles upon an extraterrestrial plot to commit genocide against the human species, he must put down the bottle and resume his role as a peacekeeper, peacekeeper as the last Fear Agent. That's all. That's the only thing you really need to know. Um, very much a, a big billion-dollar pulp story um, that I've been meaning to get into. And we we mentioned uh, one of the trades. Dan. I believe um, you you've mentioned it way back. I don't. Yeah, don't know I was what gifted it, it by yeah. Tony. Yeah, yeah, it was
2: a Christmas present one.
0: Yeah, mean,
1: I think yeah, lovely yeah.
0: stuff. Um, so this was like, okay, let's start from sort of day, day one and sort of... I haven't finished the whole thing yet. Um, I'm deep in the weeds of it. I finished the first um, trade, certainly, like Reignition. I'd read a trade ages ago, but it was sort of disjointed from things. So I was quite looking forward to almost blanking the memory and starting from page one. And and certainly in this, it says, Senses, senses shattering, space thrills and chills. It leans into the wonderful... Pulp aesthetics and pulp is definitely those space pulps, the 1950s sort of aesthetics. Imagine that with a bit of gritty sort of realism, sort of Perry Rodin or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You- there's a lot of um, bombast and big science fiction ideas that you know, things like surely black science and things like that were inspired by stuff that has happened in you know, that you saw and happened in Fear Agent. Um, one of the things that I was looking forward to about reading this this story because i hadn't gotten into the book itself um properly was the the character of heath houston he's very much uh, a central thomas jane meets bruce campbell um the, the hero of the book but he's also a very layered character with very open demons should we say the the, the drinking he's immediately all the way through it and i know that's his past and i mean i'm speaking to someone that still has yet to read lots of stuff discover lots of stuff about this character and i i heard so much about the layered portrayal of this character that if you look at the covers even you know the wonderful covers that they have on this it looks like those 1950s pulp novels of like the hero you know with um with the damsel sort of firing you know blasting alien monsters and stuff and you read this book and you realise that there's a lot going on with this guy and it's been but to have, to do that exploration wrapped in a package that is both beautiful to look at um, but really zings along at a good pace an action pace, the first issue themselves And, and the storytelling in this is a storytelling that I very much like um I always have I think it's I don't think we've ever really discussed these um different types of narrative storytelling so much but I love the the first person narrator you know that we've got in a lot of frank castle books we've got a lot of punisher books you know that they're narrating the story as it goes on you can so you've got a lot of those dialogue boxes um that means that the character doesn't have to say too much in the speech bubbles because they're narrating the action as it goes on but by doing okay. so it adds a bit of character and flavour and, and colour to it as well as just being quite sort of witty and hilarious I mean immediately I, the, the writing I mean we've, speaking, we've spoken about like Remender like I think the last time we had a proper one was it the what was the book about that the guy with the superpowers that, with the drugs you know the one talking about the long, long head That was remember wasn't it? The
1: oh, the oh, um, the yeah, Something. um, oh, oh, not the slacker. It's... it's yeah, some... yeah, yeah. Oh, some... I really like that book. The one that had all the different artists on it. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, And I totally sort of that that tone of voice, which I think is scumbag, scumbag. That's it. Yeah, yeah, and um, I can see that, and obviously people know him from his Marvel work as well. But I can see that slightly sort of it's good writer, gr- man. The, Great the, writer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like within the first like page, um, there's a there's a bit one of those things about as as Jason said, read more than comics. You know, be aware of things, and and that that rings true. Like with as the character is climbing through this alien jungle, and uh he's the fear agents are essentially people that go in to exterminate sort of just alien stuff that kick kicks off. Essentially, you know, there's obviously more to it than that, but they go they go on and they, they deal with an alien infestation. They get money for it. This guy, he uses the money to, to buy food, fuel, and booze. He's constantly talking about whiskey. Um, <laughs> but as he's landed on this planet and he's climbing up, he sa- says, When working, working a job like this, I try and recollect a piece of wisdom from Mr. Samuel Clemens. There's some things that can beat smartness and foresight. Awkwardness and stupidity can the best swordsman in the world doesn't need to fear the second best swordsman in the world no the person for him to be afraid of is some ignorant antagonist who has never had a sword in his hand before he doesn't do the things he ought to do and so the expert isn't prepared for him and it's just like that's obviously a quote from a book and i was like that's just that's just great but to to put i think there's something to be said about inserting Important bits of dialogue from writers, you know, journalists or whatever, that perfectly sort of exemplify the, what you're trying to say. And it's moments like that, and that that writer certainly comes up mm. a few times in the story. And I was, but for me, I was like, oh, that's just really good. <laughs> so he's got a great quote, and around it, you've got that wonderful Remender sort of writing as well. Because shortly after that, there's some uh, guerrilla Neanderthal people that come out of a cave and try to uh, kill Heath. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is big action, big story. Gorgeously drawn, man. The art Be- is incredible. Beautiful, isn't? yeah. I mean, obviously, this was some of the early work of Tony Moore. Well, and uh, Moore and a, a Pina, wasn't it? Um, yeah. yeah.
1: This is. I can't remember if this is before Walking Dead or after. I'm not this sure. Is,
0: uh, this is. This is pre Walking Dead, I believe. Okay. Time. Okay. Um, actually, let's let's see. For um, 2005 was when it start. Was when Fear Agent started. I think that was around the time. Oh God! When did the Walking Dead start?
1: I think the Walking Dead was around that time as well. It
0: fe- yeah, it I feels remember. Like, it feels like they came around at the same, same sort of time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Tony Moore's just wonderful art, and yeah, Obviously, they they've gone from strength to strength. It's it's interesting to see those two artists with kind of like distant styles.
1: Yeah, they're not the same, are they? But yeah,
0: yeah. but working together and it sort of, it works mm. as, as like a cohesive sort of whole. Um, I will say about like buying an omnibus, as as Tony said, um, you can prop tables up with these things. Yeah, and you can't take it to
1: Starbucks, can you? That's no, the thing. No, no. Yeah, yeah
0: th- this is 512 pages. It's oversized. Um, buy these things that <laughs> because they're glorious and they'll sit on your shelf. But if you want to read them, right. Then make sure you have a table that will not support the weight. But um, <laughs> but I I sat down and I read it at my kitchen table um, this weekend. If you're oh, going to
1: read it on your lap, you need the thighs of Johnny Cannon. Exactly, he's got it, very strong legs. Yeah, we, we,
2: <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: you need nutcracker thighs. That's what you need. But <laughs> um, yeah, but I think that's something that people necessarily don't think about because we all like just relaxing on the sofa with a trade don't we like a like a yeah. graphic novel. And even the the hardback graphic novels is easy to pick up. But with these omnibuses, this is a real I mean obviously it's a labour of love. They it's put together beautifully. Dark Horse know how to do these sort of books, so it's stunning. These these are not cheap books of course. I think currently this one's like I think forty eight, fifty quid, which is what usually puts puts me off but I, I got this as a Christmas present a couple of years nice. ago which is quite nice. So um but I'm thoroughly enjoying um reading this from the beginning and it's and it's inspiring me as well this sort of um discovering an older piece of work for the first time is such a wonderful thing especially yeah. after when, when you hear so much about it um
1: we should do an episode like that one day where we yeah we go it has to be a book over for, say 15 years old yeah and hmm. um, it's a book we've never read before but we've yeah. always thought is sat there looking at us waiting for yeah. us to read it yeah. yeah we should do that one day shouldn't we? yeah and i've got yeah.
0: you know yeah, yeah. And i I think it's quite fun to do that with the omnibuses
1: as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah because yeah. I've, I've. got Plus when you take a mortgage out to buy a couple, can't you? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've still
2: got... got that. Tony got me the planetary. The oh list. man, that's a good one. And I, I've read them as single trades, but not as the big thing. Mm.
1: It's a good book. It's inter- interesting.
0: Book. It's interesting when you get a collection as well. It's got a couple of trades to see how those trades roll up from one another. Because yeah. obviously we know how an arc of a comic goes, but and this one fa- moves fairly fluid through it, F- through the end of the first arc into the second one. I was like, what? The first arc sort of ends almost like on a cliffhanger that a book really shouldn't normally end yeah. on. It was it was very really yeah. strange. But um, yeah, if you haven't heard or read of Fear Agent, even if you just want to look at some gorgeous vi- visuals, check out some of the books. Get the individual trades or whatever. They, I'm I'm preaching to the converted, I know, for a lot of our lovely listeners, but there may be people... That do not know about this
1: cult hit. It's a definite, it's,
0: yeah, it is a cult hit. So it's, it's, remember it.
1: I got, I think I got into it, but it was being talked about in around, on around comics and, um, yeah, those, those podcasts back in the day. I think that's how I, yeah, heard about it. Yeah. Obviously, the creators went
0: on to, um, I say bigger things, you know, they certainly became bigger names for other books. And, um, but this book had its loyal base of fans. That's how a
1: lot of big writers hit, though, don't they? They get a cult hit. Yeah. Not something like Sex Criminals or something like yeah. that. You know, you get a cold hit and then you move on yeah. to... Yeah, yeah.
0: But what I think is sometimes what sets a book apart is when you can, when you can tell the book isn't a stepping stone, the book is a labour of love. And Fear Agent is definitely something that they've poured a lot of thought, heart and soul into. And it, is, it will probably break your heart as well. So... Yeah. There you go, folks. That's that's my oh, one. I'll probably talk good about stuff. I I finished it the other day and uh, my arms ache... Uh, oh yeah, it's that sexy? Don't so need it? to go yeah. down the gym. Yeah, hmm. that's, that's true. Just get some omnibuses. Yeah. <laughs> Might be cheaper than gym membership. Please I, so. um, I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Tony, take us down.
1: Yeah. So just quickly before I do my final recommend, is I want to also recommend the Earth Two podcast by oh, Pete yeah. and David. Yeah. Um, their work. They, I think they've got a couple of episodes building up the history of the Seven Soldiers of Victory, and then they've got a very sort of guest-heavy episode um with some of the worst acting you'll ever hear from someone you know very well um and who i'm really looking forward to that yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah um yes yeah, so i'm really i absolutely love that podcast very different from us and you know it's but it's the history of some just beautiful comics and the guys really know what they're talking about mm-hmm. so go and listen to that as well um but my main recommend is antarctica which is issue one from top cow um it's not normally a company that we go to i don't think on this podcast top cow but i used to since love in, top cow back in the day they yeah back in that, the day yeah. they had that reputation didn't they a lot of yeah. um um Sort of female characters, I'm going to say, you know, Witchblade and stuff like that, didn't yeah, they? There was, a, there
0: was a time when I was a, almost a comics fan, trying to find um, my own indie band. Do you know what I mean? That that sort of like yeah. what are the, what are the comics that I like, that no one else likes. Do you know that sort? Of, and my yeah, you know, my, when my friends liked Spawn or like you know the Life of Universe, all these sort of things. And I was like, I zoned in on Top Cow, and of course yeah. the, the Darkness and Witchblade and Cyberforce. That was my jam yeah. at the mm. time. Yeah. yeah.
1: So they've had that reputation for having sort of um, quite cool art, haven't they? They, they yeah. were very much of that sort of cool art stuff. This is um, so the reason we got it actually is be- it got sent to us twice, bizarrely. Um, first off, it got sent by Lisa at Top Cow, um, and also by the writer who's Simon Burks, who we've um, we've mentioned before on the show. Mm. Um, artist and the cover artist on cover A is Willie with an I, Willie Roberts. Uh, letters and cover artist. Uh, cover b artist is lyndon white who we've spoken to previously and other covers are by abigail harding and drew zucker i think one is a san diego special which is coming up obviously um in the publicity sheet we got through from it um which i think is from lisa it says stargate meets his dark materials i'm gonna say that is publicity for the whole story do you see what i'm saying? Because okay i don't i've never i've never seen nor read his dark materials and i know i know stargate quite well and i didn't get either of those two from the first okay just the, the small amount of dark materials i've seen you know in adverts stuff i didn't so get I read, any of that from the first issue i read so the
2: books but not seen anything of stargate so i've come at that completely opposite angle too. yeah
1: yeah yeah so i didn't get any of that so maybe that's she's describing or the, whoever wrote the publicity skit is describing the whole of the run. Um, okay. the story in the first issue is Hannah Curtis is a young girl. Her life um is ruined and she she's very emotional about the day her father fails to return from a secretive research station in Antarctica. Years later, Hannah gets a job at the same research institute and stumbles into a massive conspiracy. Now that is the story that comes um on the back of the first issue or in the summary of the first issue rather. Um, it doesn't really describe what happens in the issue it describes the start of the issue and the end of the issue but in the middle of this issue you get a lot more um, of the story about Hannah which um, I'm not sure is completely necessary you got her as a sort of homeless person she befriends this guy who has a place Um, he lets her stay there if she goes and gets a course she does a course in she goes to a a sort of open day for courses at a college, say in London I think or in England anyway um, she goes to this open day at a college <clears throat> um, and she sits through various lectures about different jobs she could possibly get. Um, and she decides that mecha- being a mechanic is the job that she wanted. I'm going to say I didn't find that pr- particularly interesting. Um, I think in a comic from Top Cow, who I would say I I, I uh, see as a sort of action comics area, and this certainly has an action comics cover to it, um, and is described as Stargate meets his dark materializer I wasn't expecting a the main character to be at a job fair, to be fair, for a couple fair of enough. pages, mm. of which, today, unfortunately, she is. Um, but it does build up the character of Hannah. Um, she faces... She looks like hipster Rogue when Rogue okay. was, had, the, had a mohawk and was living with the Morlocks. That's kind of... Yeah. But a modern reinterpretation. So she's a good-looking person. She's not your typical... Um, homeless person i'm gonna say um and she gets taken in by this bloke i'm not going to, I'm going to completely spoil this but there will be a spoiler about the ending which i have questions about so i'll, I'll give you the warning if you want to fast forward because i
2: was going to say like if like taking stuff like from a jason said i would have maybe started that her turning up at the research station
1: yeah me too man i and mean then, like e- at the everything and
2: then i'm here to find out about my dad like, yeah oh, everything okay.
1: that you've i've just told you i kind of feel like I would have liked to have just had it as a conversation in a bar with someone else, or maybe a very brief flashback. Yeah. I think there there's a lot of um real estate here that's wasted. She sits on the curb at one point and watches cars go by. Okay. For I think it's a couple of pages. I maybe. mean, unless
2: that's going to be yeah. called back to you later on in the run. You
1: never know, do you? You know there, well be, there, yeah. there might be some kind of sort of reason for her sitting there watching cars passing her and a leaflet on the floor. Um you never know. Um the cover is well drawn. It's um it's a nice um, action shot, but they've uh, you've got it, haven't you guys? You've got it on the email. Um, I've yet to check it out. Yeah, if you get a second, cl- click on it while we're talking. But the cover is um, a great and well drawn image of something that doesn't happen in the book. Um, I suspect it's something that happens after the last moment of the book. Put it that okay. way. Um, but it's coloured all in blue, all in one colour, and it just it didn't make it particularly eye catching for me. Um, I think if I was going, if it was on a shelf, I don't know whether I would spot it. Um, but saying that, she's a character you get to know through the book, and and I'm a great believer in you have to be invested in a person to worry about them and care about their actions for, for going forward. You know.
2: Yeah, I yeah,
1: yeah. I think that's a, that's an important. You need thing that, that you, you
2: need to, that time to build them up and sort of like. Yeah, I think so. Yeah,
1: and the art is the art's competent. You know, it's 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 fairly good good comic art you know it's it's easy to follow they get they get people you know who everyone is which is obviously an important part of a comic these days sometimes you don't do you um mm-hmm. the um so there's this big part of it which is you know she ends up at this research station and i felt a little bit like we got i felt like simon was maybe writing for a 40 page comic that had to be more quickly brought to an end for the first issue because she kind of arrives at this sort of sci-fi massive research center in antarctica um and we seem to spend more time in the locker room meeting one person than we do actually you know that's there's there's some you know just thinking about it there's some great visuals you know um there's some great visuals you could have come up with you know to see the to see the whole immense station and you could you know the, the snow you know the whiteness of the snow around it but it's very dark and she ends up in a locker room and then told to go immediately out on a bit of work um so you don't get any i think it's important to put people in places before you develop stories sometimes and i didn't feel like i felt the reality of the the station there and also i didn't feel that he perhaps the comic stretched the work of Mr. Roberts in order to draw something that was grander. You know, we've got a big mm. conspiracy here about Massive Research Station. But um, you follow it, and there is a twist at the end. So if you don't want to know um, the twist at the end, then fast forward for for about half a minute. The, the, I think the twist... Now, I'm, this is me interpreting the twist at the end, and this is, um, in, this is solved slightly by seeing the cover to issue two. So she's climbing up a hill in the snow, um, and she comes across someone who looks very like her talking down pointing down to her off off the top of this sort of precipice um and it took some thinking because the person looks very like them and i was thinking oh sister question mark clone question mark yeah time travel question mark other dimension question mark you don't really know what it is but i was also thinking is it just a coincidence she's got the same color hair Am I reading too much into it? I don't think it's, um, it, it's, you don't need to explain it because it's a twist, but I don't think it's put there well enough for you to realize it's a twist. But then if you go to the spoiler for the issue, the cover of issue two, it's got like a half panel is one woman and she sort of cut down the middle and the half, the other half panel is the other, the other woman. Okay. So I kind of think, Oh, maybe they're two sides of a her. Yeah, we'll yeah. Yeah. So there is a twist at the end, which just, does just work, and I suppose the point of me thinking about it, spending that time and thinking about it, there may well be that it has worked. If you see what I'm saying, I guess when they
2: send the the dark materials <coughs> and the uh, Stargate, perhaps there's like 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 referring to that multiverse. There's a, another parallel of yeah, maybe your life going on. Yeah, maybe that that's reference to what that's going what's going on there.
1: <laughs> yeah, there could well be, man. Yeah, although I suppose the the, the obvious answer to that is readers buying it off a shelf won't have seen the publicity documents sent through to them from top by top gal you know fair play um, yeah 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 i know what you mean it's it's a competent book it's um it's it's a science fiction book which i liked it's reasonably well drawn there's some sort of moment to moment moments in it that you know time jumps and stuff that i'm not sure completely work i think the pacing is slightly off but um i think i kind of liked it would i spend 390 on it on or 380 wherever it's going to be I mean when it's 280 or 380 depending on where, where they're putting it in the price range on issue two I don't think I would okay. I might I think I'm more likely to read it when it hits global comics put it that way and I know okay. I was having a look on global comics today they've got massive loads of top cow books on there so it might be a good place to go and um, when mm. it hits there go and have a look see if you like it because it, like we said it gives you those of pages but it's nice to see someone from the UK small press writing for top cow oh um, totally yeah
3: hopefully good it's the start him, of a
1: good thing yeah definitely yeah. and i I saw Lyndon white um on twitter saying oh it's nice now because i've he, he, when you ever you work for image or one of the image comics companies you get a page on their site mm. so Lyndon, because he did the b cover and he did the lettering he's got his own page Boom. On it, which is Nice, nice work yeah, so well him. done guys nice work so it might be for you it's um female-led sci-fi um with obviously some kind of clone stroke dimension Maybe Lost Sister kind of twist to it coming up in issue two. I'm going to say, it might as a, as with a lot of image books or a lot of Top Cow books, it might read better as a trade. Um, but see how it goes. We'll have maybe have a look online, see yeah. what you think. I'll yeah. check that one out. Ooh, there you go. Nice. My second one. There you go, guys. There
0: you go. Loads of comics and creators to check out this week, folks. We hope you enjoyed this episode. It was certainly a lot of fun to talk about. I'm, I'm jazzed about comics, as I always am after yeah. every show, and I've got lots to add to my wish list. And hopefully you all do too. So, um
1: Dan, it- send the picture. I'm worried. Oh, oh God!
0: Don't be something? worried. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you, Dan. I don't know why there's some of, that, some, some of that, the soft, silky uh, tones yeah. in your voice, which always make me feel better when I'm about. To nice call. buns. There's,
2: there's nothing to fear here. <laughs>
0: Oh, God. I'm not going to look at that now because we're on the end stretch. Um, if there's anything <laughs> about this week's episode you want us to talk more about or are you planning your own graphic novel or have you just finished one that you want us to shout about or maybe take a look at, um, mm. there's several different ways you can get in touch with us. You can email us, awesomecomicspod at gmail.com. We're on social media at the Awesome Pod. Um, obviously, there is the Slack group. If you want, If you haven't got Slack, get it. Join the community because there's a wonderful group of people on there creators, readers, illustrators, writers. It's just everyone on there is awesome and they just love comics. Everyone's
1: super kind on of there. I saw someone was talking about, um, have they got anyone got any, you know, what's what could they recommend as a good um accounting software? And someone had a free license they just passed over.
0: Yeah, How yeah, cool yeah. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, really nice. Then. So it's just comic. I think it was coal,
1: actually. I think it was Cole off the top of my head. Oh, there yeah, you there, there you go.
0: Full of wonderful people um, who just want to pay it forward and share the joy of comics because that's what it's all yeah. about. And uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode. Whether you listened on the website awesomecomics.podbean.com on Apple Podcasts, podcasts. It's the end of a, <laughs> it's the end of the night. That's uh, thank it. you
2: for anyone that left a review. It's very much appreciated. Oh yeah, we got a few, didn't yeah. we? How lovely Com- is that? Completely There's- unprompted.
1: the other thing i will say is um if you left one on another site because we obviously see the uk one if you left one on say the us Podbean or something or or apple podcast whatever it is we might not see it but thanks anyway we do appreciate it thank you so much
0: because it helps just get the word out about the show and all the comics and creators we talk about on a weekly basis um if you listen to us on any other networks like spotify amazon stitcher podnose podknife one of the networks we are too
1: we're on um, my OnlyFans podcast, which is called uh, OnlyFans.com dot forward slash up your mum's bum. <laughs>
0: oh god, I can't even cut it out. It's gonna. I reckon <laughs> that's
2: gonna be taking that fucking there, username. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, nobody use your mum's bum. me right now.
1: That's the last thing you need. Yeah.
0: When, what we're gonna have the last five minutes of show talking about mum's bums. <laughs> uh,
1: we're high, of that age aren't
0: we this is highbrow entertainment you get on this week's show and yeah. ne- next week we are celebrating being 8 years old 8 What does that I there must be hell. some kind of celebration I mean, if you've listened to this show you know that's tarmac our, that's our mental age anyway on this show yeah but um, yes. combined so if, you, if you've got any um, highlights or questions then please get in touch with us um, whether it be on the slack or wherever email us um we want to know what have you been your highlights from the show, what have you discovered uh through this mm. show, what have you learned? Um we obviously have fun doing it, but we love it even more when we hear that people have collaborated with got, it. Yeah, what, yeah.
2: What have you done in the space of the, the time yeah, that's yeah. Good the, show, yeah. the show the yeah. show started and yeah. what you've done now? What
1: yeah. have you put out? Yeah, yeah.
0: Because we're just three mates talking weekly on a Sunday night just to stop us from going insane in our nuts. Uh, insane in our nuts.
1: So Insane sending our membranes. Oh, oh my God,
2: yeah. I've but, got uh, my uh, the long uh, vaulted viz quiz. I could bust. That oh, up good. Let's do that? Oh,
0: yeah, there'll be lots of fun. So bring your party snacks and your party hats, and uh, the DJ will be taking requests. So join us next week for that. But until then, where can people find us online, etc.? Tony.
1: Never on anything dot com, and on my OnlyFans, <laughs> Which yeah, your, yeah.
0: your subscriptions will go up tenfold um <laughs>
2: dan you can read vanguard at vanguardcomic.com which is uh, i keep banging that drumming. it's getting fucking crazy so yeah. keep watching yeah yeah
0: reading and stuff man and you can find me on the socials at jester diablo where normally i just talk about how much i like my cats but yeah, there's like, a lot of pictures
1: uh, of cats i like the picture of the little lake you went to it looked like the sort of lake that a serial killer would go to
0: i can't <laughs> possibly comment But um, yes, there might be some comic stuff upcoming on that. You never know. So um, cheeky boy, and obviously follow the show, etc. But until the festivities of next week, um, wherever you are in the world, we hope you are thoroughly enjoying the comics you're reading, the comics you're making. Keep spreading the joy of comics. We love them. You love them. That's why we're all here talking about them. And uh, I think until next week. They've got to, what have i said i've said read comics i said make comics what's the other thing they got to do guys
2: stay, stay awesome awesome
0: <laughs> tony you're so excited this week i know yeah dan you Wrecked. need to step it up man
2: yeah man tony t- took me out there mm. yeah i don't know why i did it yeah. so
1: excitedly i'm usually more laid back now aren't I? yeah yeah you've got to be uh.
0: synchronized next week gents oh, oh it's yeah. the big
2: the big show next week
0: yeah
2: yeah well back to wrestling again
0: Always. We love a grapple. (laughs) Speaking of which, get your tops off. Bye, everyone. See you
2: later.